second. Yeah, yeah, I'm coming. Hold on. Ron? What are you doing here? There's something I need to tell you. Are we alone? Quick, grab anything you can. We gotta go. Is there a back door? They're coming. They're coming. Oh god, they're here. Go. Damn this wicked planet. Welcome to the Wicked Planet Podcast, episode 62. We are coming at you once again from the haunted garage in an undisclosed location known to nobody but myself and Ron. Tonight, we discuss matters that are very important to humanity. But before we get to all of that... You know him as Ron from New England. Others know him as the first man on the moon pie. (laughs) Some as the great limp biscuit of the North. But his friends and family know him best as the jiggly, wiggly wimp. Ron? Well, hold on. What happened to of the North? (laughs) Am I not of the North anymore? Ron? What's going on? (laughs) What the fuck is that? Well, what's going on is that. You got a big titty influencer pulled up on the screen right now. Actually, I could tell you a story about her. Oh, my God. All right. Is that the witch? No. Oh, no, it's not. No. Is that your ex? No. Uh, That's unfortunate. No, that girl's like multimillionaire. Anyways. Okay, tell us oh about Oh my her. God, sorry folks. I got to turn off notifications she's again. Got, she's got green hair. She looks, as they would say in Europe, right fit. Uh, she has like this tattoo going up her, not vagina, from the top of her breast her to shoulder. her neck. Yeah. And it looks like it's stars. <clears throat> yes. Yes, and she her bosoms are very large. So Ron's going to tell us. Why he has her up right now? Why? Ron, uh, why? Well, well, this is going to be the first episode with the new setup. So, all right. right, uh, right. Thanks to Mark from My Family Thinks I'm Crazy for giving me a few pointers on the new mixer. Mark, you sexy animal. And I think uh, I think it's going to be good. I think it's Buckley and I did a first couple of test recordings, and everything sounds good. So we're kind of excited. I'm excited because <clears throat> it's like it's so colorful. The new mixer, it's so colorful. There's all these different lights. There's the rainbow color, so it really reminds me of, like, my past roots of, you know, the LGBTQ community and the darkness surrounding that. It's like, I mean, it's like a bright light because they are bright lights. 
It's like a bright light in a world of darkness. In a world of pain in big breasts. So, so what, Ron, what is this? So, what, so what's really cool about this setup is that we do not even have to use the computer. We don't even have to use the computer now. The only time we need the computer now is in post-production. Yeah, because we can hit record on the mixer, and then it's like, we're live, baby. Yeah. No, it sounds good. But uh, but so so what's really cool, so now we can use the computer, because we couldn't use the computer before when we were doing a show, because we had to get the virtual mixer is on there, and then Audacity has to go live, and... And I'd always have anxiety on whether something was going to freeze up because we used to have freeze up problems and we used to have to splice shows together. Well, it happened multiple times where Audacity yeah. would just stop or our uh, voice, voice meter, meter would just yeah. fucking stop. Yeah. It was rough. Yeah. Yeah. Rough times. We got but. through it, though. We did uh, over a year with that setup. Yeah, we did. So we're pretty excited. We made it work. Yeah, we're pretty excited. Uh, anyway, so it's cool. So I can have. So now during a show, if we need to look something up. I don't have to do it on my phone. I could do it right on the computer with our dual screens we have in the haunted, the haunted studio. Guys, no, we're, no. we're professional now, so get ready for some real professional content. All right, so this chick right here is Brandy Snyder. Okay. And Brandy Snyder owned a magazine that she recently sold for, I forget how much money, but it was a lot of money. Millions? Uh, I think so. Uh, what was it? Is she a robot or something? <clears throat> no. Clone. See, she must have took the name a of that. You know, I can't remember the magazine. It was an online magazine, uh, kind of like Playboy. Oh, so nudes. Uh, I don't think they were nude. Well, what the fuck? Isn't that what Playboy is? Well, no. Remember when Playboy changed oh, their right. format and they went to, instead of doing nude or whatever? I always thought Playboy was a pretty classy magazine anyways. Hey, we're guys. That's, I mean, what That's weak, Playboy. What guy doesn't like Playboy? What are you, a penthouse guy or a hustler? Nah, I, I don't really look at any of that shit, honestly. Yeah. I was never I was never into the the porno mags, honestly. I mean, you know, you see a couple. I I mean, throughout time, like, you know, through high school and college and well, you whatever got- else, but I was never like going into stores and buying porno mags. That wasn't my thing. I don't know. You got to remember my age versus your age. Right. We didn't have so, the internet. So, so I was before the internet. Right. And, uh, I can remember me and my buddies, we used to go on weekend benders down to Boston. Oh, and we used to go down to, God. we used to go down to China's Chinatown, which was where, uh, this little section, I forget how many blocks it was in Boston. It was called the combat zone. There's probably a lot <laughs> of people listening. Uh, probably have some fond memories of the combat. Brace zone. yourselves. Uh, Brace yourselves. Yeah, but anyways, they used to have all the sex shops down there. Yeah, and, they and you would do. see you would see these dudes. I swear to God, this is a true story. So so we're so we're down there doing you know whatever it is that we were doing, and I'm sure it was after like Cocaine. a it was after like a Bruins game because we would always go to Bruins games and then we would go party after. And uh, this dude had on this, and it was in the winter. It was in the winter, and he had you remember the snorkel jackets? Do you remember those? Like they had the fur lined. And you zipped them all the way up and it zipped up and it was just a snorkel that you looked out. What? I don't know. You don't remember I don't know what you're talking about. All right. So this one dude, this dude walks by us and he's, and it's zipped all the way up. So obviously he didn't want anybody to know who he was. (laughs) So so then he walks into this like bookstore and he was in there buying books. I don't know. I just thought it was weird. Probably like a congressman or something like that. Well, Ron, I gotta say, because I had the internet when I was 
in my teen years? Why would I spend money on a porno mag when I can just go online, pull up a video of a chick being bukkakeed by like 50 different dudes wearing animal masks? Yeah, what do they like call why, that? You don't need Playboys or penthouses when you have that. Who was the one? <laughs> who was the one that talked about furries? Was that on a different show? Furry? I think you had talked about that on like the. I think it was Master Debaters. I think I remember it's, you. That's exactly that's where it was. You were telling me you guys got into the furries thing, and, uh, and of course Ryan would know what that is. Isn't it just like people <laughs> dress up as animals and they fuck each other, I or they guess. wear like I think they wear like uh, they wear like animal costumes. And then they just like have their genitalia exposed, and they just yeah, that's that's freaking weird. Go to town. But speaking of master debaters, I went on there. Yeah, show. I, want, I wanted to talk about that. I went on their show uh, this past Monday, Monday night. It was pretty fun. Monday night master debaters. Uh, it was good. If you want a good, if you want to listen to it, uh, I think it's their more recent episode. And if you want to make a drinking game out of it, uh. Every time I say the word like, take a sip of your beverage. I thought and you'll get toasted. <laughs> I thought you did I thought you did good. I no, I, it was fun. It was, I started it was fun. I started listening to it the other night and I finished it this morning while I was doing my house chores. So yeah, yeah it was good. No, it was fun and uh cool subjects. It was cool. I, I'm trying to remember what we talked about, but whatever. It was great to go on a different show because obviously I haven't done a lot of other podcasts. So it was nice. I got to meet um, Juan from, I think it's another brick in the wall. And then um, this guy named Josh Ballin. God damn it. I forget is the name of his podcast. All right. So you're working. You're going to work my brain here. Uh, yeah. Josh's show sounds, his name, his show sounds very similar to Shane's show. Damn it. Uh, I could look it up, but we'll uh, go on the master debaters. Uh, is it the great? It's the great. Yeah. So, so if you want to listen to the Monday night master debaters, you got to go on Matt T's podcast, the uh, great deception. That's what it is. Yeah. And it's right there. It's right there. You can, and see then you it. can find out his podcast, <clears throat> uh, but it was good. It was good fun. Okay. Um, you hold on. Yeah. One is the truth in, uh, hold on, hold on. Okay. Hold on. All right, this is Shane's new show. Everybody hold on. Inquiries of Our Reality, which is a new kid on the block, Shane Jones. Good kid. Good show. Go check it out. And uh, Juan's show. It's another brick in the wall, I think. No. It's not? No, it's truth. Uh, I thought it was something to do with Pink Floyd. You know what? Let me switch accounts. He brought up Pink Floyd and was like, something about bricks. And I was like... I can't switch. Has to be another brick in the wall. Yeah, you hold on one second. But, but, um, but yeah, no. Uh, but uh, you guys talked about some interesting subjects. I urge anybody just go out there and listen to it. Yeah, mm. it was fun. Hopefully I'll get to go on another show in the near future. Um, but how was your week, Ron? Was uh, it good? Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. I just really super busy and I'm really sore. I actually... Yeah. I actually got myself into the doctors finally today. Oh, did you now? Yeah, you know, I had to. Yeah, I'm a pretty tough guy, but I can only take pain for so long. It's been going on for a couple of years, so I thought it was time to get checked out. Yeah. Yeah, what was really funny about it, (laughs) freaking doctor's office is trying to get in. Now, keep in mind, I haven't been into the doctor's since I had my intestinal resections, which was about five years ago, right? 
Sounds intense. Okay, Juan's <laughs> intestinal. Okay. Right, Juan's show. Oh. Is this one? Yeah, Juan's Juan's new show is Truth dot in dot media on Instagram. Oh. So check that out. I apologize, Juan. I can't remember names of shows sometimes. I've got a lot on my brain. And Well, there's a shit ton of podcasts, but there's also a shit ton of podcasts that we like are in our circle, too. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, part, well yeah. So a lot a lot of them are in alt media. Some are not in alt media. Yeah. But uh, but anyways, yeah. So uh, I yeah, just speaking have a of doctor's offices. Oh, what were you going to say? Oh, well, let me tell you a story. Oh, well, I was just going to say. <clears throat> I hate going to the doctor. Oh yeah, I do too. every single time. It's always just a I don't know giant pain in the ass. Guys don't like to go to the doctors. Uh, Why is that? Because uh, we don't want to be poked and prodded. I think so. So well, check I mean, this out. I kind of want to be poked and prodded. I <laughs> I my, I've been like get this pain for like a long time, and I didn't want to go near the doctors during COVID because I didn't want them to push me to get a vaccine, and then. Me tell them I'm not getting a vaccine and, you know, have that be a whole cluster, you know what, so. They didn't, though, did they? <clears throat> you know what? My doctor didn't ask me a thing about it. Yeah, my when it, I went the the last couple of times, they didn't say anything about it either. And you know what else is weird? My doctor didn't get on my case. Like, like they always ask, are you still smoking? Like, they always ask that. Doctor never said a word. What's interesting is my doctor is also my mom's doctor. Okay, my mom's 84 years old. So when I stopped to get little G off the bus tonight, I stopped up to see my mother and uh, and my sister-in-law. And they're like, oh, so what did you, you know, what'd you find out the doctors, blah, 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 blah. So I told them what was going on. And she said, did she talk to you about the vaccine? I'm like, no, why? She goes, oh, she was on my case, giving me a hard time. I told her I'm 80-something years old. If I live this long, I'm not worried about getting no vaccine. Or, you know, something along those lines. Well, isn't but- the narrative that, like, that's probably being pushed to the mainstream medical industry is that like older people should get the vaccine. I mean, like, like I'm talking about like seventies, eighties, nineties. There's the ones that are quote unquote supposed to get it because they're most at risk. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. My mom's very, very healthy, actually extremely healthy. So, but that's the one thing I don't have to worry about is her having an adverse reaction. Right. Yeah. So anyways, I told her, no, she didn't ask me that. I just kind of left it at that. Uh, But anyway, so my doctor immediately sent me down to the imaging center and got me some uh, x-rays. So we'll see what's going on. We'll see if I need a new... Dun, dun, dun. Next week's episode. Yeah, we'll see if... Stay tuned for Ron's x-ray results. We'll see if I need a (laughs) new hip or if I need PT or whatever it is. All right, did they do any sort of... Uh, cat scans on you or brain imagery or no, but that'll be coming. <sighs> All right, because I, I, I mean, I'd really like to try and get you, Ron. To you know, we need to see what's up there. I think there might be something missing. Possibly, you know, you, in, you in need all seriousness, all medicine. In all seriousness, uh, the Alzheimer's. There could be something going on up there. Really? Yeah. So, so that's something that I have to. You know, I ambushed her as it was. <laughs> it's like it's like because I went in for just my hip, and and then I'm like, okay, so now I got this pain in my chest that I get once in a while, so I got a chest X-ray, and uh, she says, well, it doesn't seem like it's cardiac. I said, no, I don't think it's cardiac because I can exert myself pushing dead cars, doing this, moving wood, whatever, working around the house, lifting stress, u- lifting huge like pressure treated like two by eight by tens, and and my heart comes right back into it. So. It's, you know, it could be stress. It could also be um, bad diet. 
Yeah, but it's or, 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 or things that cause acid reflux disease. Um, it can also be like there are certain times where you can, uh, um, you know, overexert those muscles in your chest that are like around your heart and pull something, and then that can also cause chest pain. Um, I I've noticed a lot when I have really bad posture and I'm slouching for a while. Uh, and then when I like recognize it and then I go to like kind of fix my posture, open up my clavicle <laughs> and try to have good posture and sit back with my shoulders back. Sometimes, you know, my chest will get sore after a while just from maintaining that posture. So there's a, a bunch of different things. Yeah. So, but why the brain stuff? Uh, are you actually worried about that? Cause I was just fucking joking. Like no, I usually no, no. do. No, no, no. That's why I said in all seriousness. So, so I've had, I used to get these piercing, piercing pains and I used to joke and call it the brain pain, the brain pain and never how, and I know that we joke about it once in a while and stuff, but you know, sometimes I have a memory issue or sometimes I have, uh, you have memory issues. Sometimes I could be somewhere and then, and then I'll just all of a sudden start thinking about how did I get here? I, I know, you know, whatever. But that could be like familiarity, you know? Yeah, like, I don't know. You know, like when you're driving in the car and you're going somewhere you've gone a thousand times and then it's like 20 minutes go by and you're like, whoa, what the fuck? I'm right here. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But also like, I don't know. You don't seem to have a problem remembering shit to me. Well, I, I have no problem remembering remember shit that like, I don't remember. I can remember like, like years ago. Like I can remember stuff I did when I was 10 years old. Yeah. But, but what I was supposed to do an hour ago. And I think that's because I have too much going on. Well, you do. Yeah. You honestly do. Your, your phone's always going off. You have people in and out. You got like this car, that car. You got this person showing up talking about some other project they're working on, blah, 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 blah. You have uh, people in the podcasting community like kind of hitting you up. You have all these social media sh- platforms that you try to stay on top of, answering responses and DMs. So you're also doing that. So, yeah. And then, and then... And then I get the text messages from little G who has <laughs> zero patience, just like her dad did. And she'll, she will text me a question because she's, she's uh super, super nice. If she wants something right. So we're, we're, mean, we already know that it? gig. Yeah. We already know that. <laughs> we already know that gig. And if I don't answer her like literally within 30 seconds, yeah, she will spam my phone. What do you mean spam? Like she'll send you fucking porno links? No, or? no, no. It's like gifts. You know what I mean? Like oh, uh, oh, oh. she'll send me gifts all with the same motif. Like answer me. What's the answer? Okay. Did you hear me? Okay. And I'll be like, okay, so I have that. I thought you meant she was sending you like oh. virus links. No, no, no. She's no. like, here's a virus. Oh my Fuck God. you, Ron. You know what's really, <laughs> what I really love? Obviously I love this kid, right? She's my blood anyways, but. She listened to the show? Uh I don't let her listen to the show. Right. Well, probably a good well, actually, actually, probably actually, sometimes if I'm like doing a spot check, like we'll be in the car and I'm doing a spot check before I put the show out because yeah, yeah. I, I send the show to us in Google drive. Right. So she'll <laughs> listen to a little bit of that and then she'll actually, she'll chime in with an interesting question or whatever, but I don't like her to listen to too much because I don't want her to be worried about things. Right. Cause she has, I actually had a discussion True. with her the other day. I told her that, 
you know, things in the world are bad. Things in this country are bad. So you need to understand that when I say, turn off the lights. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? How come you just poured out a half a glass of milk? Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, right? I mean, it's because this stuff's costing us a lot more money. Uh, and I'm not into wasting things anyways. I'm old school. I mean, you didn't waste anything in our family. Well, I think, you know, you bring up an interesting point, Ron, point, Ron especially with, like, the kids, like, the, the younglings. I mean, I have a daughter, and this is something I think about all the time. It's like, especially when you think about the shit with Disney, too, you know? Like, my daughter's watching Disney stuff, and it's like, at what point it, maybe would it be appropriate to... So, you know, let on about these other themes that are in these movies. Um, or do we just pretend like it's, you know, not going on? Do we keep going on like it's, it's you know, everything's okay when in reality you know that it's not? And this is like the similar with anything else that's going on in the world right now. It's like at what point are we going to begin to tell our children about certain ideas or theories or, or, or things that are happening in the world that aren't what are being fed to most people through the school systems, through mainstream media. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I feel like that is going to be something that is going to be an upcoming topic or like just something that people are really going to kind of need to figure out what to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And is it appropriate? Is it not appropriate? I, I feel like as a parent, you have the right to kind of assimilate or guide possibly where your your children or your family members or younglings and how they're thinking. But at what point does it become, you know, you putting your shit or what you believe onto them and expecting them to believe what you think versus like you somehow influencing them to think critically and for themselves. You know, where's that line? Well, that that's what I do. So I never, because uh, I don't, you know, this kid has been through so much. And I mean, right, I, yeah. I just, I mean, multiple deaths, including her dad, you know. So, sure. so it's like, uh, I don't like to put anything on her at all. Right. But I also know that she's not dumb. So, yeah, so she's she, not, so I've met her she'll, a few you, times yeah, no, her. she's pretty sharp. So, and when, um, you know, if, if the news is on or whatever and she'll go, Oh, what's that? And then, you know, she'll ask me questions or whatever, but, uh, but there comes a time when you have to say, well, you know, things are a little, you know, a little rough out there and they could get rougher. So this, so when I tell you to do, you know, X, Y, Z, it's not because I'm being, you know, the mean uncle it's because i'm trying to let you know that okay this is going to be a group eth uh, effort around the house right? right right so you really need to just kind of you know do your part like a little bit at a time and right. and uh because i want her to critically think for herself and she does that so i never take any of my beliefs and try to force them onto her right because i want her to be able to make her own decisions and her own analysis of it but as as her like guardian, right? It's hard to not do that. Like, like you can't say that uh, you know a parent doesn't have some sort of influence of how the child thinks. Do you know what I mean? That's right. raising a child. So I think, I guess, what I'm kind of getting at too is like, well, obviously, we don't. We want our child to have great lives growing up, right? We want them to experience as less pain and trauma 
a heartbreak or whatever it may be as possible growing up. So when do you, when do you begin to like start being like, okay, this is stuff that's possibly out there. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And what is, and what is not appropriate. If you're really trying to strive for somebody that's, you know, their own individual create uh, critical thinker and creative self, I guess. Yeah. You know, she is such a, I don't know. I get everybody says this about their kid, but she is just so sharp. Yeah. I mean, she's a she's a rabid reader. She reads like crazy, and she's a night owl, so she wants to stay up half the night, and I, she don't want to get out of bed in the morning, so that creates a little stress for me. But uh, you know, because you know, she's got to get on a bus at a certain time, or if not, I have to drive her to school. Which in reality, it's not a big deal. School's only five minutes from here. But uh, but she's at. I used to drive her to school. I used to drive her to school. I used to pick her up at school. And she's like, Uncle Ron, I would really just like to ride the bus with my friends. Like, okay, cool. Like, I. Yeah, so I called them. No problem. We'll pick her up at your house and we'll drop her off at Granny's. Nice. Because that's what everybody in town calls my mother, Granny. Granny, Granny. She's she's like the Granny from uh, Beverly Hillbillies, right? Which is kind of funny. (laughs) You know, the only thing that's weird about this setup is that I have to turn my head to look at you because I'm used to, like, Buckley and I. When we, we do the show, switch seats. Yeah, we usually make eye contact when we're talking because we're like, you know, it's a podcast. Yeah, but we're talking to each other. Now Anyways, you kind of know how I feel. Yeah, so we'll have especially to, when I have a guest in. Right. All right. Just for a reference, uh, you know, I would usually be sitting where Ron is. Ron would be sitting to my direct right, and a guest would be sitting to my direct left. So basically, now Ron's seat is empty. Ron's where I would usually sit, and I'm sitting where the guest usually sits. It's a little weird, isn't it? <laughs> it's definitely weird. Yeah. Because now, because, like, think about when, like, you're, you're here over there where your original spot was, and there was a guest where I am, and I'm trying to talk but also maintain eye contact. You have to do this, like, sort of head swivel where you're, like, doing this. Yeah. And it's almost like you're given the mic dome or something. Well, I just barely Working the knob. I just barely got this set up put together. So No, hey, I have to say, uh, I I commend you cuz it it looks great. You got it working and um it's going to be a great improvement to yeah. the show, the sound quality and a bunch of other stuff that we can do cuz we're going to maybe maybe coming up in the near future have certain periods of time where people can call in. Oh, we're definitely doing that. Because we have capabilities to do so. Okay, I don't know how many of the <laughs> listeners how many of the listeners are familiar with Coast to Coast AM, but I'm a Coast to Coast AM fan. That's kind of what spawned this crap in the first place. I mean, in search of was, but then when I one of my pothead buddies growing up, Randy, if you're listening, because I know you like to listen occasionally, he's like, dude, you gotta check out this Art Bell guy. And once I checked out Art Bell. I was sucked right in. That was yeah. it. That was it right there. So that's what kind of brought me to where we are today. They got you. But uh, but but yeah. So uh, we're gonna have to uh, rearrange a few things. I think is all. Do something. I mean, I I don't mind being here. I don't mind the new setup. <sighs> Not one bit. But I would like to learn how to work the soundboard a little better. Yeah, I have a general idea. So maybe eventually, I'll. Who knows. All right, so this mixer does so much stuff that Mark helped me out with just the basics so we could get the show out. And, and it's just like anything else. When we first started doing the show, everything was a learning curve, right? Audacity, the editing software, was a learning curve. Anchor yeah. was a learning curve. 
Voice me to banana, which probably works great for some people. Worked okay for us for the first year. I'm just glad that we've bitten the bullet and gotten past that. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so, so anyways, what the hell? Motorcycle just drove. By. Okay, so this is something that everybody does. <laughs> it's it's they, nice weather out. So well, it isn't just that. It's part. It's mostly that. I feel like when people of. go by this shop because this shop has been here for like at this location for forty something years. But you guys have been in service for over a hundred, right? Uh, if you go back to my grandparents with the first garage, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I think a hundred this year actually. So, yeah. so, so yeah, so I'm third generation, but people will go by the shop and they will just literally get right on it so we can hear them. They'll get after it. Or you'll hear the tractor trailers go by, <laughs> blowing the horn. Yeah, because so, everybody knows us. But, so, but anyways, uh, that's cool. So anyway, so yeah, so the, the pain in my chest thing might be a stressing. I don't know. So, but, d- but anyways, we were talking about what gives me stress. So I have, Ooh. you know, the whole list of things that you talked about. <laughs> Can I have see her later? And then, I, and then I have little G, which is, she doesn't stress me out. It's just like, sometimes I can't answer you in they 20 can, seconds. They can, though. And then I have the wife, who will <laughs> randomly text me at 2 in the afternoon to ask me if I clean the litter box. <laughs> and I'm like, I want to say, fucking seriously? Do you know what I got going on down here? Uh, my yeah. wife won't even come here. Like, like she'll drive in the yard just to drop little G off or to pick little G up or whatever. If they're going to go do something. And I'm I saw her here point. once. Yeah. She doesn't come around. I saw her. I, th- cause I think the first time I met her, she came in and then I was like, Hey. Yeah. And then when you were helping me out up at the house, you probably saw her a few times up there. Yeah. I saw her a few times there. And then I saw her once at all. Yeah. Rodeo. People in town don't even know who she is. At, I saw her at El Rodeo. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. With Mirabelle. Yes, sir. Baby Bell. Baby Bell. So anyways, uh, so I don't know. Maybe it's stress. My doctor seems to think it's something in my rib cage. So I don't know. We'll see. I have taken some pretty good diggers in the last couple of years. You haven't been using any weird sex toys lately, have oh, you? Oh, God, no. <laughs> Jesus. Those 12-inchers, Ron? We don't even have that. That word doesn't got, even exist at my house. You don't think something <laughs> got stuck down there? Yeah. yeah. Of course now. Of course some now, sort of bead? Of course now the new excuse is... Well, no, Gianna's here. <laughs> uh, it does, aren't the excuses amazing? Yeah, whatever. There's always an excuse. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> but anyways, so. Any current events, good sir. So, so uh, yeah, so I went oh, to the doctor. still doing the doctor. Well, thing. I went to the doctors. I got some x-rays. We'll hear what happens. Uh, if I need a new hip, I'll get a new hip. I got to do something because I'm used to, like, being walking around and going places. And right now, it is painful. Yeah, it's painful to walk. It's painful to sit. It's painful to sleep. It's painful. Every every aspect of my life is fucking painful. You should get into yoga. Stretch that shit out. It could be as simple as that. No, for real. No, seriously. No, I know. I feel the because yeah. I get I I have back injuries from fucking like uh, when I used to play rugby in in high school college. Also from landscaping, I royally fucked up my back. I still have issues with it, but it always feels better. When I do stretching or yoga stuff. Yeah. And I'm not like a yogi person. Like I'm not like namaste and doing all every, all these crazy yoga shit, but I do know enough poses where I can do yoga and stretching, uh, and basically have it more to geared towards the flexibility style. And I'm telling you, 
It helps with my hips because I have tight hips. It helps with my back because I have back pain all the fucking time. And while we're on the subject, Ron, I have to tell you, I'm fucking tired. I've worked out every day since last podcast, which is pretty good. Yeah. So that means seven. that's a week. So basically, you know, that it's a combination of stuff. Lifting weights, running, playing soccer, lifting weights, running. This morning, I woke up at 7 o'clock. Um, with, well, actually, a little before 7. It was like 7. It was like 6.45 is when I woke up. Uh, I went running at 7.30 in the morning. And I did fucking 4.7 miles. Wow. And I was like... And, the, and I was just like, I don't know. I wanted to do it, one, because I predominantly hate running in the morning. There's been so many fucking times where I wake up or I set my alarm in the morning because I'm like, I'm going to run this morning. And I don't do it. And I don't do it. And then like today, woke up. I didn't want to do it. But I was like, I thought about every single other time in the past where I woke up to run in the morning and didn't do it. And I was like, well, what the fuck? I'm just going to do it. Who gives a shit? It's probably going to suck. It was a little cold out today. But, you know, 4.7 miles later, I was feeling good at like 8.30 and I had accomplished that. Yeah. Um, but now, because I've worked out for the last seven days straight, <laughs> Which I don't know if that's good or bad. Tomorrow I'm taking off. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to stretch tomorrow and that's it. Yeah, well, you need to take a break from working out anyway. Your muscles do need to recover. They need to, time to recuperate. Just like I need a break from doing house projects. Yeah, and emptying the litter box. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, yeah. How are you with poop? What do you mean? Like, with dealing with poop. Are you good? Does it weird you out? You kind of get squirmish around. I honestly don't like it at all. Oh, are you talking? Because, uh, is the is the puppy pooping in the house, having accidents? But, well, it's like diapers, puppy poop. Oh yeah, uh, any any poop. Yeah, know. I'm not a big lover of poop, but guinea I, pig poop. But I, I'll deal with it if I have to. Uh, I've gotten more. I've gotten better at dealing with it. I guess. Yeah. Well, when you have animals like <laughs> like like my Opie, he got into something I don't know a couple of weeks ago and left me some nice little surprises. Uh, which again, I think I talked about this before. I in the middle of the night he's barking. When he's barking, he needs to go out. I can't. You can't mess around. You got to get up and let him out. Yeah. And then of course you let him out, and then what's out in the front yard? Three or four deer. So then he's gonna bark and like chase them off. Chase them into the woods. Yeah. Yeah. End of the night. Yeah, so anyways. But, Question uh, for you. Do you think it's fucked up that, like, well, you have a big yard, so when you let your dogs out, they can shit in the yard or whatever, right? But they like, have their spots. Yeah, they have their spots. But, like, me living in the, like, more in town, right? When my when our, our puppy shits, we have to pick it up. Oh, I pick ours up. Oh, do you? Oh, yeah. Well, we don't pick it up right then and there, but we have, a like, designated times where we poop scoop. I got to pick it. Well, we have to pick it up right away, pretty much. Unless you're an asshole, I guess. Which well, I am kind of an asshole, well, but like, I try not to. People need to pick up after their right. dogs. Especially if you're kind of inner city-ish. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But do you, don't you find, I find it fucking weird that like we buy these dogs and then we fucking feed them and then cater to their every need and then pick up their shit. Like who's the smarter species here? 
Yeah, they us have it. or dogs. They have it made. <laughs> they have it made, and a dog in my house lives better than most people. Right. Anyway, I, I, I mean, yeah, no, no. So what we do is, uh, if we're off somewheres with the dogs, of course, we always have this little, the little baggies. We just pick them up. Yeah, no, I, I can't stand it when people's dogs go to the bathroom and they don't pick up after them. That's a fucking pet peeve of mine. But uh, but we go around and we poop scoop the yard. Because, you know, we have people over and, you know. And Those when, parties. Yeah, and if, if, if Agent J or one of the other guys is mowing the lawn for me, I don't want them stepping in it. So, yeah. So you're like, Agent J, pick up the shit, then mow the lawn. Agent J actually will poop scoop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he does it. A poop scoop, I think, is a little better than, like, the hand in the bag. Oh, yeah, that's nasty. Where you actually sort of have to get the texture and the warmth of the, the shit. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, Ron's so, looking at more ass online. Are there any current events? Uh, I'm sure that there's probably some because I had this interesting thing that I wanted to talk about today. Fucking tear it up, Ron. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, we had some really weird weather. You know, Buckley was talking. We we're talking about you know we talk about weather a lot and the weird the weird winds that we have. Oh, freaking been windy again the last few days, right? Today, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember yesterday. Yeah, uh, really bad. And it got really nice and warm last week. Well, we had like 80, 80 degree weather. Yeah, well, it's going to be 90 on Saturday. Oh, geez. This but, past Saturday, it was like 80, and I was outside like a good amount, played soccer, uh, you know, went to the park with the dog and the babe, uh, went to the this huge garden, outdoor garden area to get flowers and shit. Oh, I saw that. That was cool. And by the time I got home... I was just like, you know, the sun just drains you and you like get super tired and you get a little loopy. Well, I think, I think that just getting out and getting some sunlight and some heat for a change is nice. I mean, it was nice, but by the end of the day, I was like, so I was like almost disorientated a little bit. I was like, Ooh, well, was you uh, dehydrated or I mean, probably, yeah. probably. Yeah. That's usually what happens with me. So I have to drink another beer. <laughs> but anyway, but anyways, uh, so so yeah, keeping I, the pool, keeping the new pool clean has been a nightmare this week. Oh my god, with the wind, it's so full of shit right now. Yeah, yeah. But we have friends coming over Saturday, and it's going to be ninety something degrees. We're going to have a little cookout, and I might jump in the pool for the first time. You should just hire a hot Hispanic pool boy. Why on earth would I do that? And then buy him like an, an assortment of uh, ban- banana hammocks. That he could wear while he cleans the pool. Why would I hire a pool boy when we could just buy one? <laughs> from the Philippines. Just buy them outright. I mean, just give your wife something to look at, you know, while she's working from home. And can be like, uh, what's that? The graduate? Yeah. Mrs. Hello, Ro- Mrs. Robinson. my old friend. No, Mrs. Robinson. Oh, shit. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. I don't care. But So uh, no current events, really? Yeah, well... We had a tornado in New Hampshire. We did? Yeah. Uh, so Monday night, uh, I take little G to talk to our therapist and stuff. And I always take her out to get a little bite after. And we're sitting in the parking lot, and I'm looking at the sky. And they were, they were, uh, had issued severe thunderstorm warnings. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so I'm there, and I'm looking at the sky, and I'm like, oh, my God, look at how black that sky is. And that went over us. And it poured and it poured. And yeah, it, poured. it rained a shit ton. It, and it was super windy. And I'm like, oh my God, I bet our umbrella is like right floating in the pool right now. 
Actually, I got home and it wasn't any problem. But come to find out on the news the next morning that over on the Vermont border in a town called Charlestown, not to be confused with Charlestown, Mass, Mass but Charlestown, New Hampshire. Yeah. They actually had a tornado. Jeez. Yeah. And they were saying that the state and, the, you know, whatever, NOAA or uh, I forget what department anyways, had to go over there and investigate it to determine if it was a tornado. And I'm like, dude, go on Facebook. All you do is watch the video. Fucking yeah. videos there. It was definitely a tornado. I mean, yeah. it was. It wasn't anything like they get down south, right? But it was a tornado. You remember? I don't know. I don't know if you would remember this, but I think I know what you're gonna talk about. The tornado that ripped down through Northwood and killed that lady. Yeah, yeah. Because when you go like up Route Four, like towards Portsmouth or Durham, right? Yeah. Um, I remember for the longest time you could always see this like area of woods just swath that was just like completely taken out. And it was always like, yeah, that this is like where the tornado came through. And it was just like, because we have a lot of woods, forest, whatever you want to call it. And like to just see almost like a power line clearing, uh, but there's no power lines. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's strange unless, you know, clear cutting. But that usually takes place on like, you know, uh, way off in the woods. or like Yeah. Yeah. No, that was pieces. a really bad tornado that went for miles and miles to. It had gone across this lake, and it had hit this house, and it killed the grandmother because she would like threw herself on top of her grand her grandkid. Did the grandkid live? Oh yeah. Oh fuck. Yeah, that. yeah. But the grandmother got killed sadly. Well, grandma wiped wiped like I can't tell you how many houses it wiped out. Grandma, this is to you. That was a uh, valid deed. Well, you know the thing is, I mean, I don't think you can. That wasn't the right word. You, I don't think you can deny. Our weather is a lot different than it used to be. Like, like, and dude, I'm not going to blame this on friggin' like, Bill Gates. I'm not going to blame this on global warming or climate change or whatever they call it. It's just the weather's different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it doesn't save us from having cold, like really cold winters though. But, but yeah. it, but it is what it is. Oh, here's your post. My post. Yeah. Oh, from the master debaters. Yeah. Oh, you know what's something a cool a video I saw uh, recently. Wow, this fisherman posted a video off of the Cape Cod um, from his fishing boat, a video of an orca, which, like a killer whale, yep. free willy, those yep. things, swimming off of the Cape, which I didn't think was very normal to this area. Like, we don't usually have orcas in around New England or off the Cape, right? Uh, I Do we? You yeah. gonna look it up? Yeah. Uh no, I'm looking something else up. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I know we have great white sharks and we have lots of other whales. Min minky whales are pretty popular here. Minky? Maybe maybe I was wrong about, I'm just looking at something. Maybe I was wrong about one show. It does oh. say bricks in the wall. So it was a Pink Floyd thing. Oh, no. Well, he talked about that. He referenced that for sure. But, uh, but anyways, Josh's uh, podcast is Illusionary Tales of Reality. And he didn't say this, but I'm pretty sure he's also in New Hampshire. Josh? I believe so. Oh, what the fuck? I think so. I could be wrong on that, but I'm, I think so. Well, we'll get after it. That'd be cool to have him yeah. in. Another person we could have in. Yeah. But anyway, is that current events? Yeah, I think that's probably enough. Yeah, the, you've had enough people. Yeah. We're, we're just going to end it right now. Yeah. Okay. Episode's over. Good night, everybody. All right. Have a good night. Buckley out. <laughs>
Get the fuck out. All right. Uh, All right. So some so something very cool happened this week. Yeah, I'm gonna let you go on this while I. Take okay, a I'm piss. gonna pull. It. All right. Can you handle it? Yeah. I'm if good. I leave for thirty seconds, I do it every episode, don't I? I mean, I uh, guess. Hold on. Bear with us tonight, folks. Uh, so so the Senate House Committee on Intelligence, or was it the House House Intelligence? Is that Congress. Yeah. Uh, intelligence committee had an interesting meeting on the threat of what they're calling UAPs or what we call UFOs. So they were, uh, so, so they had, so they had a meeting and talking about the possible threat of UFOs or you know extraterrestrials you uh UAPs they like to call them I don't know why they want to call it now maybe it's just a broader because because even though it's unidentified it's still it's aerial phenomenon which there is such a thing as USOs which is unidentified submerged objects which is another thing uh they're starting to find that uh, some of these spaceships or UFOs that they see, kind of referring to the Tic Tac video, that's uh, you can go online and just check that, just Google that or go on YouTube. But uh, a lot of these craft or wherever they're from come down and they go right into the ocean or big lakes and they just disappear under the water. So that's kind of interesting. But, you know, we've been talking about uh, us ufologists or people that are interested in the whole extraterrestrial subject. I've been wanting to, you know, get the government to tell us a little bit more about what's going on with it. And, and the government, what's the government always said? Oh, no, 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 there's no such thing as that. There's, there's no such thing as that. What are you talking about? Are you crazy? Crazy, crazy. Crazy. Yeah. So, but uh, but finally they're coming out and, and you can go on YouTube and actually watch this video. And uh, it's pretty amazing because some of the stuff they're coming out and they're talking about, it, it's more about what is the threat. Uh, one of the things that they talked about is they have to stop with the secrecy between departments. Yeah. Because everything is, and here's a word that I always have a hard time with, car compartmentalized. That's one of words like totalitarianism. Extra Trieste. Anyways, how, how each each uh, department kind of gets their own intel on the deal and they keep it to themselves. They don't share it. So th- so they're talking about, okay, so if anybody sees anything, doesn't matter if it's Army, Navy, Marines, Coast Guard, whatever. Fucking share. Air Force. Air Force is a big one. We need to know what's going on. You know, they even said the DEA was part of this. <laughs> Why would the Drug Enforcement Agency be involved in any type of reporting on... When you do DMT, you see aliens, was what I heard. Okay, so do they think these aliens are (laughs) smuggling fentanyl into the country? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But I thought it was kind of interesting because... um, And why I wanted to talk about this tonight is to bring in the cabal. Drink. So take a drink, Deb. Deb, take a drink. Uh there was a Joe Rogan episode where he had Eddie Bravo on. Yes, sir. And Eddie Bravo, you know, Eddie Bravo, he's on tinfoil hat a lot with Sam Tripoli. And uh, and he, I want to say he's a pretty adamant flat earther, isn't he? Oh, yeah, 100%. He, yeah, he's yeah, okay. Full, he's full on board. Yeah. So 
so, but he was talking to Joe Rogan and my buddy Mike actually turned me on to the episode. He, he was saying that the only way you could ever get the world to all come together and listen to a new world order or a one world government is if there was any type of alien attack on a worldwide scale. Think, think the movie Independence Day. Can we take a step back real quick? Yeah, sure. Before we get into this, I like where you're going for sure. It has tangents. Just my two cents <laughs> on the whole congressional thing because I watched it. Um, I didn't catch the very end because I had to go because I have a job. <laughs> so I can't, you know. It's pesky things. Those friggin' things that I have to go to every day. But, um, you know, I, I kind of just felt like... Uh, my initial thought was like, okay, they're acknowledging it, so that's good, right? Um, but a couple of things, it's like there was just so there was so much that was inconclusive. I guess it, it's almost like they had a meeting but didn't really say anything. Exactly, and that was my problem with it because they kept saying like, "Well, we don't have enough data," or the data is inconclusive, and it's like. Well, the data from this session is inconclusive because you're not really giving us much. But they are acknowledging that there are UFOs or UFAPs. Uh, U- UAPs. UAPs. And they are acknowledging that, um, you know, they could possibly be national security threat. Um, they did say that they had no data that it was actually um like foreign technology, right? Like China, Russia, any other country. But they also said they didn't have any conclusive data that it was um, terrestrial or extraterrestrial um, tech, technology, whatever you want to call it. As well as they were like, they said that they did not have any in any of the technology in their, on their person, in their custody, whatever you want to say, which, to me, I feel like is a big fucking fat lie. Oh, my God, yes. Um, so, I mean, in some sense, it's good that they're recognizing it. And the other thing is that I just, they clearly just wanted to beat around the bush, not really give a lot of information. Um, and I think oftentimes we're just kind of like lying about shit as well as, um, I just forget what I was going to say. I had a good point there, but whatever. But another thing I think this might go towards is what Ron is talking about, what he was just bringing up, um, is this whole Project Blue Beam. Not Blue Book, Blue Beam, um, which is like this whole uh, alien invasion or attack that is going to happen, like they've said, around the year 2030, right? So, like, is this just some kind of programming, predictive programming? You know, get getting the people ready. Yeah, and I wanted to. I wanted years to. In ad- I wanted to segue into that. Right, getting people ready in advance to accept this when it happens, and 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 believe that there are UFOs. When in reality, it could be some sort of government cabal, Illuminati uh, controlled invasion. So I'll. Spin it back to Ron because he looks ready. Okay, so during the uh, back when the COVID nineteen bill had came out, remember we were talking that in that bill they gave they were giving them uh, one hundred and eighty days to have 
disclosure on UFOs. Yeah. Uh, that came and went, right? So, ev- so everybody was like super excited about that. And it was and, a fat turd. Yeah, and then it was a big, it was a big, uh, it was a big nothing bird, <laughs> or nothing burger, as they say. Yeah. No. Hold on, I'm actually muting my own, our own Telegram chat right now. Why is it? Is it lit? Is it just popping off? Uh, it's pretty busy. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, everybody listening, go and join the Telegram. It's uh, just go on Telegram and uh, look at uh, Wiki Planet Podcast Chat. You'll find it. Some interesting shit goes on in there. But anyways, uh, I thought I was going to have to regulate some people yesterday, but it turned out okay. Just let it fly, brother. Oh, that's it. That's what I said. Just let it go. Actually, Joe had texted me. He just goes, let it. hey, you got some stuff going on over in your chat. I said, yeah, I've been watching. I'm just going to let them work. I'm just going to let them sort it out on their own. Just let it go. Yeah. So anyway, so we got nothing on the disclosure thing, right? So uh, if you're familiar with this last weekend, Ryan and I did a couple of emergency shows, one with James Raguski who uh, is a guy that had come out and was kind of, uh, you know, put it out in the forefront how the WHO is going to be having this vote on these amendments that were brought forth by the Biden administration. Is that on the 22nd of this month? I think it starts on the 22nd, which is next week, right? Yeah. So uh, on uh, in, in one of the amendments is to give the WHO and Tedros a, uh, like, full, full, like, full right to claim emergency health emergencies across the world in order to health crisis for health crisis to lock you down without having the permission of the country that they're actually shutting down or do whatever they want. But also if there are people that are like fighting back against what's going on, that they have the right to, you know, manage that situation, whatever that means. Yeah. Send in the blue helmets. Right. But, but anyways, but the point is, is I think what they did was they took the last they took what they took the data and what they learned from the last two years since the whole COVID crisis began, right? And they and they and they figured out what they had a right to do and what they didn't have a right to do, right? So now they want to have the right to make the call, and 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 Biden's willing to give that give that up. It, it's 194 countries are involved in this, and. I urge you, if you haven't listened to those two bonus shows that I did with Ryan from the Dangerous World this weekend, go back and listen to them. Yeah. They're actually not really long shows. They're actually pretty good. And that James Raguski guy knows his shit. But anyways. Where's uh, he from? Uh, California. So anyways, so anyways, they knew what would work and what wouldn't work. And they think, okay, so when a new thing comes, because I feel it's all part of Agenda 2030, that we have to have... Right more stricter controls over the people of the world. So it's basically, so it's basically all these countries, if, if they, and they're calling it a treaty, which James says, don't call it a treaty. It's a bunch of horseshit. But, but like he says, every, all, every country that joins in on this and agrees to it is giving up their autonomy, their own autonomy and their sovereignty and handing it over to the WHO which is scary. So, so, and I think there's a connection to this and this whole thing with the house intelligence committee now talking about the existential threat of extraterrestrials. Right. And this goes back to like, was it Reagan who talked about like, uh, you know, in order to unite the world, there would have to be this, uh, probably otherly world threat. Um, and yeah. I mean, many people, I don't know the exact words he said. I was paraphrasing, but many people allude to or believe that that was extraterrestrial aliens, uh, 
some sort of invasion. Cause like, think about it. Like how else would you really do that? I mean, the pandemic was sort of showing first signs of maybe how that might happen in a way. Well, well, this but, is, well, this is what makes me feel like this whole last two years was just a trial run to beta to, test. Uh, exactly. So they could find out yeah. what they could get away with, what they couldn't get away with. And when they found out that they needed more power, this is when all this stuff is coming into being now. And that's why I think there's a connection between the two. I really right. do. So, so this WHO thing, which I'm like pretty sure that it's going to pass. Yeah. And that's going to mean that uh, Tedros will be the global dictator and he'll be able to come out and say, oh, you have a, some type of XYZ outbreak in the United States. Okay, we're going to shut down the whole country. That's not going to fly. And, and where the country would say, well, no, what are you talking about? We don't have anything going on. Oh, no, we got the, we got, uh, we got data. We have the data that shows that it's From going the on. the Imperial College. Well, wait a minute. You saw, exactly. So, so, oh, wait a minute. You signed this treaty. Right. So you can't back out. I guess, I guess there's a, some six month period that the country can back out. But the only thing that's going to happen if the country backs out is that they're just going to have other countries that are just going to apply more pressure to them. That is not going to fly. Yeah. Okay. Especially in the U.S. Because, I mean, like, you know, constitutionally, foreign and domestic, right? That whole line. It's like if some foreign country or organization, which the WHO is, then, you know, no holds barred on that for American citizens anyway. Like, you have the right to defend yourself. Yeah. um, Foreign or domestic. Yeah, against enemies, foreign and domestic. But here's the deal. So what you're going to see now is a whole conglomeration of the WHO, which is part of the UN. So 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 then you have the UN, and then yeah. the World Economic Forum is going to be part of that. It's it's like they all want to join together, like the UN and the World Economic Forum is is who is the you know the author of the Great Reset. They want to become one entity. Uh, so to speak, as a ruling class. So, so, so there you go. That's the beginning of the Great Reset. If 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 these if these amendments pass. So, what my feeling on on the whole thing is is, this is why, and I promise, there's a connection. Yes. This is this this is why because you know people say, well, you were talking about UFOs. Now you're talking about the WHO and COVID and shit and COVID. It, but but there's a connection, and I think it's all part of Agenda 2030. Uh, if you don't know what that is you've been living under a rock just go duck duck go and check it out but we'll also kind of tell you what it is yeah. now right yeah yeah <laughs> so so what it's going to be it's all based on global control that's that's all it's based on and and they want a one world government a one world currency a one world health organization and this is what the who is going to be and identification and mass surveillance of everybody did you see that they're already rolling well. they're already rolling that out in some countries Right. Well, yeah. a lot of people think that... Uh, Which is going to lead to the uh, social credit score, basically. Well, a lot of people... Well, I mean, Facebook kind of already is the social credit score, in a sense. But a lot of people also think that, you know, e- Elon Musk buying Twitter, everyone's like, oh, my God, free speech, blah, 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 blah. He, like, he hasn't bought it yet. D- don't buy it for a second, if that's the case. And if he hasn't bought it, then it's even more of a lie. But, like, one of the things that, you know, is going into that is... Uh, killing out the whole bots that are possibly taking place on Twitter and what they are talking about is doing some sort of identification system through Twitter, you know, which is, in my opinion, just one step into this whole 
global enslavement or global one world order government shit. Right. Well, the thing is, I guess the sale is on hold because Elon Musk found out that Twitter was cooking the books. Ooh. Uh, because of the, all the spammers and the bots. And, and we actually did a show on this, right? And so now Twitter doesn't have the amount of users that Twitter says they have. Twitter doesn't have the actual revenue that they say that they have. So, I mean, what's the implications for that for the stock price, right? Right, but that was, he, like, wanted to weed out the bots and the spammers. Well, that's, that's that was, what, like, one of his whole things of taking over, buying Twitter, was to get rid of all that shit. And, so. I, and I think you'll find that that will go through, but you probably won't have to pay the $44 billion or whatever it was for it. Right. Like, and I think like $35 billion. It is, and there's an element of social media that's involved in this whole deal, too, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But anyway, so so they come out so they come out with this uh, this Senate uh, excuse me the House Intelligence Committee come out with this whole meeting today and you can actually go on YouTube and watch it. Yeah, it's only an hour and a half ish. Yeah, go on there and just check it out. I mean, it's kind of they just kind of like Buckley says they're just talking around in circles and everything Beat around the fucking bush. But I think what this is this is all the priming, the priming and the grooming, predictive programming for us to say okay, so aliens in a sense aliens are real because now the government is admitting that they're real. They're releasing videos, they're releasing coverage, they're releasing all kinds of evidence. And he all, and they talked about how they wanted to make sure that no pilot or anybody like that would be ostracized, you know, or made right, fun of right, or right. whatever for discriminated re- against discriminated against or, you know, called a loony. Because they saw that, but you know, apparently they get literally thousands and thousands of reports every year. Yeah, they get reports from Navy as well as citizens, um, as well as they Air, get Air Force and Space Force, as well as they get reports and data from other countries, uh, is what they're saying. So it's, you know, it's a global thing that's and, happening or they're portraying is happening. And why I think it's something that we need to be concerned about is because it's being reported on the mainstream media. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Where, where every, there isn't a single report in the mainstream media about this vote that's going down at the WHO. Not one. I have, I looked. There is nothing out there. Question for you. It, the vote's happening at the WHO? Yeah. Over or it's there. happening in like Congress and within the United States Oh, government. no. These are amid, uh, amendments that the Biden administration put forward. Okay. So, so it has nothing to do. I mean, shouldn't Congress and Senate vote on whether or not we're going to be giving up our sovereignty? Or is it like a fucking whatever uh, the thing is? Like an EO? When the president can just like pass something. Yeah, executive order. Executive order. That's, yeah. Sorry, that's what I was looking for. Is it something like that? I'm not sure, but, but I do know that if this goes, this is going to be the beginning of the Great Reset. Yeah, well, I mean, it's our, the yeah. Great Reset's already happening. Yeah, it is happening. That's it's been what, happening. Everybody's calling it the Great Awakening, which which I kind of agree partially that we are going through a Great Awakening. But I think what's happening now is just, it's, it's going into second gear. Right. Like, like, they're, ta- like they're taking it out of first gear. They're putting it in second we'll gear. Well, just look at the inflation. Oh, my God. I mean, we all know the part, a big component, ka-ching, my favorite word, is that whole sucking out... Uh, currency and money from the middle class to basically create anybody that's independent or middle class stature to become poor. Um, and just look at the inflation. Everything's going up. Food, gas, uh, what, anything else. Everything. Everything. Everything's driven up. And that's all just to suck out money from people and drive people into this poverty stricken state of the country as well as, you know, uh, the, the chaotic side. 
of things. And that's what they really want. They want poverty stricken nation with chaotic uh, things going on all the time. Because what is a big thing that we know that they like to do is control through chaos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, chaos what's that, control, basically. Yeah, or order out of chaos. Right? Order out of chaos. Yeah. So, so, but the whole thing is, is look at everything that we've had to deal with. You got this whole Roe versus Wade thing, which was definitely leaked by the left, no doubt, to create a problem there to get people riding back in the streets, which they're doing, right? It's also in the news. It's like it's like in the news every day. Now this whole thing that's going on with the House Intelligence Committee, that's on the news. And everything else that's going on, right? So now... now the okay, shootings as well. I was just going to say, so now we have all these shootings... Yeah, for whatever reason or however or whatever the deal is. Right? Which they mentioned at the beginning of the UFO thing. Yeah, yeah. They're like, let's take a moment. I forget, which which state did they happen in? The shootings that just happened, I forget. Mm, you got me. But they they basically said, like... Wasn't one in Buffalo? It was Buffalo, that's yeah, what it was. one was in Buffalo. They're like, we're going to take a moment of silence for the, like... Uh, the fascist, anti... They're the fascist, racist shootings that happened. Yeah, and then Biden's coming on and talking about white supremacy and everything like that. So, again, I, th- I think uh, the, the white race is under attack once again. But but the point is, is that is that they're bringing all this chaos all together, but they're not saying anything about giving up our sovereignty to the World Health Organization. Right. Right, so it's, so it's just another distraction, right, or a diversion or whatever. But But... Like Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Yeah, that too. Like, who fucking cares? Yeah. I mean, I like Johnny Depp. I do. I like Johnny Depp. And I think his old lady was fucking nuts. But Yeah, but like, come on. Like the, I'm, the, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying Johnny Depp isn't nuts because, you know, he is too. But like the whole but, idea that this is like so heavily broadcasted, do you know what I mean? Whereas like the Ghislaine trials weren't. It's yeah. like, come on. Like if the, this trial is so accessible and just look at the way it is, like you have Johnny Depp laughing all the time at certain shit um, and all this like content that's coming out through the trials that's like kind of funny. It's like, and it's so just in your face. Theater. Theater. It's theater. It's a distraction. It's content to put forth so you'll be entertained and you'll pay attention to it and it'll suck your energy out and you won't focus on like possibly the the WHO stuff that's happening or the reality of the predictive programming of UFOs or UFOs at all or Agenda 2030, which is you know, the project blue beam shit where they're going to possibly have some sort of alien invasion. Okay. So this is what I was talking about. The priming, the priming and the grooming, right? So now they're going to get the public thinking, Oh, UFOs, UFOs do exist. Oh, now this is the new thing we need to be afraid of, which I'm not. Yeah. Now this is, this is the new thing that we need to be afraid of. And this is where project blue beam comes in. And if you're not familiar with that, you can actually go out and search that out yourself too. Should we explain it a little bit? We're going to do that right now. Okay. So Project Blue Beam is basically a false alien invasion. Yes, sir. Which is going to be brought to us via high technology. Hologram technology. Holograms. Lasers. Lasers, CGI, whatever. Which they could totally do. Well, yeah. I mean, for sure. 
100%. And this is going to say, okay, people, you need to stay in your homes. Do not go out or shoot at the aliens. Don't do this. Don't do that. And then, and then, I mean, it was actually a movie called The Fifth Wave that was like a, I wouldn't say it was low budget because it had some pretty well-known actors in it. But I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch that again. But that was basically about a fake alien invasion that the government pulled to yeah. have more control over the people. So is this why they're grooming us and now they're finally coming out and saying that, you know, aliens are aliens are a real thing? Well, they're not really saying that, but they're saying unidentified aerial phenomenon is a real thing. Like like they yeah. said, I, we're trying we're trying to figure out, you know, the difference between uh an extraterrestrial threat or if it's tech from another country like Buckley had said, like like top secret tech that we know nothing about that, you know, the Russians or the Koreans or the Chinese have or the Indians for that matter. Right. If it's that, if it's, uh, of course, they talked about drones, you know. Yeah, it could be. Like, what do they call them? Quad choppers? That's kind of the word they well, use. Well, that's another thing. They didn't, they were, they wouldn't uh, also inconclusive data to whether they were, you know, self-piloted or there was some living being inside them piloting them. Right. So, so they give it, there wasn't enough data. Yeah. So, so the theme of that whole (laughs) congressional session, there's not enough data. It's inconclusive data essentially. Yeah. But they're still coming out and saying something, which they haven't done. Yes. So if they bring, I'm with you on that, Ron. So, so, so now, now that they know that, you know, people in the United States with all these COVID lockdowns and stuff, I mean, I said this before. I was surprised to see how many people actually complied, but yeah, sure. There's a fair amount that didn't, and I think Buckley and I know I know a couple of them. Oh yeah, but but the, but the problem is, is they have to do something to incapacitate like all the humans on the world, and and that's why this WHO thing is going to come in because it's going to be all in the guise of health, right? And, and, and then, and then, because now what are we hearing? We're, you know, we've been hearing about this whole Marburg thing. And then, and then you got Bill Gates saying, oh, wait till this happens. Oh, you know, this isn't the last one. And he's still telling everybody they're going to go get, now he's telling everybody they're going to get a booster shot every six months. It's like they said you wouldn't have to do before, but all of us podcasters called that. Oh, we yeah. all said that. Oh no, this is going to be fucking continuous every it's, six months. Yeah, every six months you're going to have to get that because booster, we got to make sure booster. that we get that graphene oxide in you. Right, right. So you know something? Oh, did you have some more? No, go ahead. So you know something? We were talking about like how the alien invasion was going to be holograms and um, and uh, lasers and this uh, this new this technology that they're really going to implement it with. But another thing that I was reading about was like the conscious tech that goes into it. So they're going to use like possibly, you know, uh, any sort of. Uh, frequency projection or you know chip technology that would work towards conscious uh manipulation so like if you think about possibly the theory that there's these nano chips and vaccines right as well as like all the 5g that's being put out into the air um and all around and how frequencies can very easily because we know this we've talked about this um, through military projects in the past where they will exert some sort of frequency and it will cause people to act a certain way, right? So along with the holograms and the lasers, if there is this uh, 
technology that's been implemented through vaccines or maybe possibly Neuralink. People start doing uh, chips like that in their brain um, or frequencies are being put out through 5G. That would all go into help propagating the uh, alien invasion and manipulating the, the consciousness of humans to put forth that uh, that reality. And, uh, you know, there's also this thing, and Ron, maybe you know this, or you heard about this with the whole uniting the the world through an alien invasion attack is that they're going to be putting forth um, this new religion, right? In this uh, religious deity or God or whatever. And it's going to show up through all the different countries and religions as like a certain country, uh, a certain deity, um, that's kind of specific to their religion based on whatever country you're in. Uh, that's going to be all holographic. And then eventually, you know, once people start to uh, buy into that, that false deity, some say it's the Antichrist, whatever. But, you know, it's going to be it's it's supposedly going to be a hologram. Um, and then once everyone kind of buys into that false deity, uh, of religion that's coming down from the skies, like it's an alien or whatever, and they're eventually going to merge all of them in every country into one so that everybody eventually buys into it and then you unite the whole world through that one religion that is an alien religion that is an extraterrestrial invasion. You Does know, that make sense? Yeah, you know, <laughs> no, exactly. And uh, I fumbled a little. You bit, know, I'm wondering if this. I'm wondering if this will work. Hold on a second. Let's try something here. Let's try it out. Let's see what we got. Thank you, you all it? very much. Good morning, and yeah, that's welcome to the thing. White House. I had to get used to calling this the White House, but I understand it's part of it. Can you turn it down, scratch? But. Um, I'm delighted to have no. this chance to speak, even if it's just for a few minutes with you, to talk about the oh. opportunities for us as we develop the frontiers of space. Perfect. I'm often accused of being an optimist, and I plead guilty. That's the, not the one we wanted. Oh, shoot. But, I mean, wouldn't that be interesting through, like, especially third world countries, because, you know, I, I mean, I feel like a lot... A lot of third world countries are more fundamentally religious in, you know, how they're brought up in, in comparison to like America or Americans. You know what I mean? Like we don't have a lot of that fundamental religion. Right. So it really come through on these countries where fundamentally they're, you know, brought up that way. Mr. President. Is this it? Mr. General yeah. Secretary. All right. Distinguished shh, shh. delegates. Half a world away from this place of peace, the firing, the killing, the bloodshed in two merciless conflicts have for the first time in recent memory diminished after adding terrible new names to the roll call of human horror. Names such as Halabja, Medushar, Inshar, and Spinbuldak. There is today hope of peace what the? in the Persian Gulf and Afghanistan. So, too, in the highlands and coastal cities of southern Africa, places of civil war, places of occupation by foreign troops, talk of peace is heard. 
for the first time the differences between East and West, fundamental differences over important moral questions dealing with the worth of the individual and whether governments shall control people or people control governments. For the first time, these differences have shown signs of easing, easing to the point where there are not just troop withdrawals from places like Afghanistan, but also talk in the East of reform and greater freedom of press of assembly. And he was talking about the and troop withdrawal from Afghanistan from the yes, Russians. Yes, fundamental differences remain. But should talk of reform become more than that, should it become reality, there is the prospect of not only a new era in Soviet-American relations, but a new age of world peace. For such reform can bring peace. History teaches, and my country has always believed, that where the rights of the individual and the people are enshrined, war is a distant prospect. For it is not people who make war. Only governments do that. I stand at this podium, then in a moment of hope, hope not just for the peoples of the United States or the Soviet Union, but for all the peoples of the world, and hope, too, for the dream of peace among nations, the dream that began the United Nations. Precisely because of these changes, today the United Nations has the opportunity to live and breathe and work as never before. Already, you, Mr. General Secretary, Secretary General, through your persistence, patience, and unyielding will, have shown in working toward peace in Afghanistan and the Persian Gulf how valuable the United Nations can be. And we salute you for these accomplishments. And in Geneva at this very hour, there are numerous negotiations underway, multilateral negotiations at the Conference of Disarmament, as well as bilateral negotiations on a range of issues between the Soviets and ourselves. Yeah, so we're going to just let him go a little bit because this, I want to say, this is the speech where he talks about the the whole alien thing. But I'm just going to turn it down a little bit so I can still hear him when he gets there. But, uh, but Ronald Reagan, even back in 1988, came out and said, listen, what if the world was under a threat, you know, from unearthly things? How soon that we would reunite to fight them? And I think they're working off of this speech working off of this speech now to try to pull what they're going to pull now because that's exactly what they want everybody to do. Well, think about the whole genre of alien films that are out there that are like all based basically off of alien attacks. And, you know, it's going to be very bad for humanity and always be afraid and we need to fight them and stuff like yeah. that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, Talk I about think predictive program. I think the number one predictive programming Movie, one of my favorite movies is Independence Day. Welcome to Earth. Yeah. He punches him in I the face. I could have been in a barbecue. What? Yeah. Fucking yeah. Will Smith. Yeah. yeah. Slapping Chris Rock like that. Hmm. Poor Maybe he etiquette. thought he was alien. Poor, poor etiquette. Yeah. He's also a Freemason, so. Yeah. We there yet? I don't know. Let's pop it up a little bit who had the power to start World War III or to begin a new age of peace among nations. Sounds, and I also said peace conferences, arms negotiations, proposals for treaties could make sense. 
a context that sought to explore and resolve the deeper underlying differences between us. Stick with us. I said to Mr. Gorbachev then, as I have said Trying to, to find you before, it for you. Oh, Reagan and Gorbachev were good buddies. They mistrust each other because they're armed. Butt buddies. They're that was before your time. Because they mistrust Grove each action. And in that place, by that peaceful lake in neutral Switzerland, I made love to a Mr. man. Mr. Gorbachev and I, I did mean, begin a new relationship based not just on engagement over the single issue of arms control. We jerked each other off. But on a broader agenda. <laughs> How do you think that spot got on his head? <laughs> an agenda of human rights, regional conflicts, and bilateral... He was a long-winded fucker, wasn't he? Kind of like you. <laughs> Even on the arms control issue itself. You guys have something in common. We agreed to go beyond the past. He was the first president I ever voted for. That permit building oh, weapons to higher levels. Say, I ever revolutionary <laughs> agreements that actually <laughs> yeah. reduced and Can even I get that light out when you're done? a whole class of nuclear weapons. What was begun that morning in Geneva has shown results. In the I know this is something different for our show, but we're just trying Moscow. out the new technology. So bear with us. To meet there with Stand by. And dissidents okay, hold speak on. Of human rights. And to Excuse me, Mr. President. Hold on. Hills of Moscow, Dude, he's got good hair. Look at him. Yeah. The Soviet Union, he's got a good swoop. About the yeah. wonder and splendor of human freedom. He's got a turkey neck. Though. The results of that morning little, in Geneva gobbler are seeing peace conferences now underway around the world on regional conflicts. And in the work of the UN here in New York, as well as in Geneva. But Mr. Secretary General, history teaches caution. Indeed, that very building in Geneva, where important negotiations have taken place, the Geneva Accords on Afghanistan, Pitter the Iran-Iraq negotiations, for Reagan, example, Pitter Patter. We see it today as stone-like testimony. I'll say one thing about Reagan. Failed dream of peace. All these other countries were scared right to death of him. When he was getting inaugurated to be the president, that's when the uh, Iranians let all them hostages go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, we ain't going to mess with that guy. He'll drop a fucking nuclear bomb on us. I mean, look at that hair. Yeah. So well put together. Well, he was an actor just like Zelensky. Nice and Donald Trump. Ended because the chance for peace was not seized in the 1930s by the nations of the world. Ended because humanity did not find the courage. Kind of a nice little break. To isolate the aggressors. To reject schemes of government that serve the state, not the people. I just think it, I, we're here today. I just think it's important. Secretary General determined that no such fate shall befall the United Nations. We're determined that the UN should succeed and serve the cause of peace for humankind. So, Mr. Secretary General, we realize that even in this time of hope, the chance of failure is real. But this knowledge does not discourage us. It spurs us on. For the stakes are high. Do we falter and fail now and bring down upon ourselves the just anger of future generations? Or do we continue the work of the founders of this institution and see to it that at last Did we miss it? freedom is enshrined <laughs> and humanity Do we just no waste war, everybody's no fucking time? <laughs> and that this place, this floor, oh boy. shall be truly the world's last battlefield. We are determined it shall be so. So we turn now to the agenda of peace. <sighs> well, that's eight minutes you won't get back. <laughs> well, that's a wicked planet uh, faux pas. Big miss there. Sorry I thought for that. sure that was the one where he talked about aliens. But anyways, he, he did a speech at the UN. Mm -hmm. and 
basically said what happens if we all got to join together and fight, you know, one extraterrestrials or whatever. That had to have been some of it. Yeah, I don't know. Well, anyway, back to what we were talking about originally. All right, so so this all comes down to my question, right? When you talk about flat earth and globers or whatever. If it's a flat earth and we're covered by a firmament, these wouldn't be extraterrestrials from another world. Have you ever thought of that? I have, yeah. Because you've heard of the theory that that these flying saucers, that's just that's tech that was here that's millions of it's years already old. Here, yeah. It's already here. Maybe it's underground. And it's well, it could be underground, it could be under the water. In ocean. Or it could be past the Antarctic ice wall. Yeah. Where 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 Admiral Byrd said there's vast lands beyond the poles. Right. So basically flat earth theory is that Antarctica is basically a giant ice wall, which if you go on Google Earth and you, you you zoom way out, you just look at the Earth, Antarctica covers the whole bottom of Google Maps from corner to corner. I'm pretty sure last time I looked. So event uh, basically flat Earth is like there's an infinite plane. We are on an infinite plane and past the ice wall, there's other lands, other countries that might be controlled similar to ours, but there's also vast resources that if people found out about, right, we it would be all over for global elite control because people would be like, well, what the fuck? There's infinite resources, and you're telling us that oil is, you know, scarce, that uh, global warming is happening. Well, we'll just fucking move. We'll go beyond the ice wall and go to the, this other territory. Um, but, you know, also the whole alien things. Aliens could be from there. They could be from Antarctica. That's a possibility. As well as they could be interdimensional. That's another theory. They could be popping in through dimensions that we can't even read on our radar for frequencies as human beings. Wouldn't that make sense to to uh, explain all the hieroglyphics that they found in the Mayan ruins and also in Egypt? It might. <laughs> yeah. So check this out. Let's try again, folks. All right. <laughs> We're just going to waste another 15 minutes. No, no, no. It's only two minutes. Privately with... General Secretary Gorbachev, when you stop to think that we're all God's children, wherever we may live in the world, I couldn't help but say to him, just think how easy his task and mine might be in these meetings that we held if suddenly there was a threat to this world oh, yeah. from some other species from another planet uh, outside in the universe. We'd forget all the little local differences that we have between our countries and we would find out once and for all that we really are all human beings here on this earth together. Well, I don't suppose we can wait for some alien race to come down and threaten us, but I think that between us, we can bring about that realization. In our obsession with antagonisms of the moment, we often forget how much unites all the members of humanity. Perhaps we need some outside universal threat to make us recognize this common bound. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. And yet, I ask you, is not an alien force already among us? What could be more alien to the universal aspirations of our peoples than war and the threat of war. 
I think maybe I'd answer it this way. I, I keep in my frustration sometimes, you know, actually, if you count some of the things going on in smaller countries and all, there have been about 114 wars since World War II. But I've often wondered, what if all of us in the world discovered that we were threatened by an outer a power from outer space, from another planet? Wouldn't we all of a sudden find that we didn't have any differences between us at all? We were all human beings, citizens of the world, and wouldn't we come together to fight that particular threat? And that's exactly what Project Bluebeam is. Third time's a charm, pe- people. It's like, uh, there you go. Horizon just gave us. <laughs> no, we're getting rid of that. That was it. Yeah. Bear with us, though, because in, so, fu- I mean, in the future, we'll get better at managing. Uh, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll <laughs> be, like, ready for that. We're playing content yeah. over, uh, over the you, new qu- equipment. Do you think this is why we actually started Space Force? Remember when they were giving Trump such a hard time about Space Force? Yeah, they made, like, a Netflix show based off of it. Yeah, it's Steve actually... Corral. It's freaking funny, too. I actually <laughs> didn't mind it. Yeah. But, uh, but anyways, you know, everybody was harping on Trump because of Space Force. I... I the government definitely knows more about this than what's going on. Our question is, is it extraterrestrial or is it terrestrial? Are, are what we assume aliens and uh, greys, small greys, greys, Nordics, the whole list goes on. The uh, draconians, the Samasquatch, uh, is, there's a theory that Samasquatch is actually a, some type of alien. Yeah. Yeah, I know there's all kinds of crazy shit going out there. But, uh, but I mean... This would be perfect timing for them to bring Bluebeam in. Yeah, well, I don't think he quite yet. Yeah, well. Down the road a little bit in a few years to follow. We're going to go through, well, I mean, it's already 2022. 2030 isn't that far away. But they just, the government just had held that session where they were actually admitting to UFOs. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think that's all part of the priming process. Like, it, I said Well, yeah, exactly. Years. But I'm saying, like, if they're just doing that now since, like, the 50s or 40s, whenever the fuck Roswell happened or... 47. Project Blue Book was happening, you know, yeah. and they're just now admitting to it in, on, the, on the mainstream level. They're going to need a little more time. To prep. So I think what you're going to see is more of this shit being mainstream uh, and being talked about through the public governance uh, of our country. So just l- look forward to that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So so I think this is just another, it's just more fear porn or whatever. But it all comes down to, you know, I have this theory, uh, Crater Earth. I really like the Crater Earth because, you know, I like hollow, <laughs> I like hollow Earth. Did I ever explain, did I ever explain Crater Earth to you? No, but flat earth, obviously, we've talked about hollow earth. You know, it's pretty explanatory. All right, so crater earth is, say, Antarctica is the ice wall in, okay. in our continents that we know of, right, that we believe that are on a globe. And listen, I'm not saying it's flat earth. I'm not saying it's globe. I'm right on the fence. But say the Arctic ice wall is actually just containing just what we know as our continents and then on the other side earth on the on the other side of the ice wall there's more like take a golf ball all the divots in a golf ball ah each one of those divots would contain the antarctic ice wall in our continents within that 
Right. So there's all these other Earths, possibly, or they're called something else. Well, other that have ice walls that uh, are adjacent to like our Earth, right but next other to us, Earths or other planes. Yeah, that's a cool theory. Yeah, yeah, and like and like how uh, Admiral Byrd said when he was flying, then he his uh, plane got taken over, and they brought him in, and he talked to a higher being, and who basically said, "Oh, we don't like nuclear weapons. We've been trying to warn you." But, but your governments don't listen to us or whatever. Right, and that's something that, like, if you watch uh, all these UFO document uh, documentaries, documents, whatever you want to call them. Documentaries. Documentaries. You know, one of the things they talk about is, like, uh, the UFOs. And actually, they did mention this in the session, the congressional session, is the sightings of UFOs around military bases and around military training sites. So a lot of the times it was like uh, in these documentaries, uh, the UFOs would show up around nuclear sites and basically shut down uh, their systems with they were trying to test bombs or possibly send a bomb somewhere or whatever. Uh, so Well, no, they go through a testing process. Yeah. But they would go in there and they would take all of that offline. Yeah, they'd shut it down. Yeah. Shut it down. So so what so what happens if they go they start shutting everything down? So this is maybe why we want to be friends with the aliens. What if they shut down your consciousness? Because of the graphene oxide or Neuralink? <laughs> what if aliens or UFOs just have the ability to do that telepathically. Oh, I'm, I think that they like, can. And that's shut you down that's where the hand. whole concept the concept of lost time is. Or like a lot right. of these people that get abducted. Uh, allegedly get abducted. Yeah. And they're like, they don't even know they're gone. They think they're gone for like a minute and come to find out they've been gone for a few days. Like Travis Walton. The logger guy? Yeah. Yeah, he thought he was yeah. gone for like, what, a couple hours? He I'm going to try to like get a week. I'm going to try to get him on the show. His friends were being investigated for murder. I know. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's a legit story, you know, the fire, yeah. the whole fire in the sky story. Well, that's what that yeah. movie's based off of, right? Yeah, fire yeah. In the sky. yeah, yeah. No, I, I, he was actually on Rogan, that guy, and uh, recounts it and talks well, about it. We're we're setting our sights kind of high. We're gonna get some cool guests on. I think we might be getting a call coming into the show too, pretty soon tonight. I think so. Oh shit! I think we're gonna give it a try. All right, who is it? Do we know? Is it a surprise? Yeah, it's a surprise. Uh, that's mother, even if I can it? even. Oh God, no! Oh, <laughs> hold on. Oh shit! What is this? We have the capabilities to do this. Hold on. Take a take an intermission. Do do do. Hello. Hello, Mystic Mark here. Can't hear him. Who the hell is this? Hold on. Hello. Hello, Mystic Mark calling in. Oh, I can hear you pretty good. How you doing, buddy? You can hear him? I can. Can you? No. Ron can't hear you, but I can hear you. Tell him what do I need to do. Can you hear me, Mark? I can hear both of you. He said he can hear both of us. Oh, because I can't hear you, Mark. Well, Ron, I guess Buckley will have so many buttons. All right, I'll have to field this one. So this is Mark from the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. He's wicked chill dude. Um, he was on our Flat Earth show that we had with David Weiss. Um, so really you helped me dodge a bullet on that one, guys. The Flat Earth one? 
Well, I was able to get it done on your show, and now if anybody ever says, how come you haven't had David Weiss on your podcast, I could say, well, actually, you're wrong. I was on a podcast with David Weiss. Oh, I got you now. Right. I got you. How, what, did you what do you think about Flat Earth, Mark? We were just kind of talking about it tonight because we were kind of going into, like, you know, uh, Project Blue Beam, the whole congressional meeting they had of mm. UFOs and stuff, and we started getting into Flat Earth a little bit. So what do, you, what do you think about Flat Earth? Are you a round Earth guy, Flat Earth guy, hollow Earth guy, concave? Tell us, please. Yeah. Well, I am agnostic because I'm from the position of, A, it's not relevant to my journey on the planet, and B, I think it's a distraction now, that being said, I know saying that puts me at risk to, you know, be onslaughted in the comment sections of the YouTubes and the telegrams and wherever else the flat earthers lurk. But they are not doing themselves any favor because any favors because I'm I'm open minded. I have no problems hearing out flat earthers. That's why I was really grateful that you guys invited me on to your interview with David Weiss. I was able to get a taste for what he talks about myself. And I haven't ruled out having him on the show. I probably will one day, but yeah, it's, it's really just not my cup of tea. And quite honestly, this, the hostility I've seen, even from people who, you know, my show's not, we don't have like a, a flatter titled episode. You know, we've, we've only talked about the topic a couple of times and we've talked about it, you know, both sides. We've had people, who speak in favor of it. And we have people who speak against it. And just from that open-minded discourse, I've received so many just nasty comments that it, it almost turns me away from wanting to talk about it at all. So yeah. they're not doing themselves any favors, but uh, in, with that, I have a tremendous amount of respect for people who are in that position because they are so open-minded that they're like, nah, dude, they're lying about everything right down to the ground underneath your feet. And you, you kind of got to respect someone who's willing to go that far. And that's, and that's how far David Weiss goes. And, uh, and I have a lot of respect for him too. And I have nothing against the flat earthers like at all. I have nothing against the global, uh, the globe, the globe folks, but you know, Around like, Earth like you say, they, they get extremely militant about it. And I'm kind of with you. I'm, I'm kind of with you on this Mark, because it's like, if it's round, if it's flat, how does it affect us? Because it doesn't. Right. I mean, the only mm. way it really... It's, it simply doesn't. It doesn't affect... It doesn't affect our everyday fucking life that we're living. Well, the only way that... I mean, if it was round, I guess everything would carry on as usual, right? If it was flat, I guess it would just be that side of things where, you know, they are lying to us. Um, but, you know, mm. that hostility side of things where, like... You know, maybe you're pushing back against the flat earth or whatever, and people get super upset with you. Like, we talk about that all the time. That kind of stuff is so, it's so toxic, I guess, and it's so not helpful to any any sort of, um, you know, perspective of opinion. Even if you are a flat earther and you truly believe in flat earth, and you're talking to someone that has the opposite opinion of you, like, that stuff is, if you're being, like, really mean to somebody, that stuff isn't going to help out your perspective. Do you know what I mean? At all. It's just going to mm. hinder whatever you believe in and, uh, you know, what you're trying to possibly talk about. But I guess going, I guess to move into a, another direction or topic, 
Um, what do you think about Project Bluebeam and the whole, you know, did, did you see the whole con- congressional talk of the UFOs and, and the UPAs or whatever they're called? UAPs. UAPs. What, what's your thoughts about that? Yeah. And you guys couldn't have picked a better night to ask me about this because I just spoke with two podcasters who have a podcast called The UFO Garage. Oh, which now that. that I realize I've that would that. be a perfect swap cast for you guys. The haunted garage meets the UFO garage. Oh, yeah. they're a garage. That would be cool. They're Set a garage based podcast. Set it up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There, you know, awesome. I think Rogan was a garage based podcast when he started. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so I just had a big conversation about this stuff. And uh, I think the government, I think the military, they're covering something up and that can only last forever. So they have to do these like soft admittance admittances, you know, they have to admit things slowly, you know, leaking little things here and there, pretending like they're, you know, trying to cover it up. But I I really think that no matter what disclosure is, it's going to be a distraction away from the truth. It's going to be a way of, you know, getting us back into that sort of fear mentality that they really like, you know, really like parasites. They just dig in. They want more, more, more. So I don't think that the the aliens are necessarily all bad or all good or anything like that. I think there's a small group of aliens that probably signed some kind of contract with our government or another government. And whenever that happened, you know, it was like a deal with the devil, you know, like we, we didn't know what we were getting into. So I think there it's, it's at this point, it's like a cleanup. Like they're just trying to clean up any loose ends while also manufacturing a narrative to keep people off the truth. Yeah. Wasn't it president Eisenhower that allegedly made a deal with the aliens? The Granada treaty. Yeah. The, and the, story goes that the gray aliens actually have never even been to this planet before they only recently came to this planet. And, you know, this is all allegedly stuff that, you know, people who channel aliens say, which I want to know what you guys think about that, because, Mm. you know, I can sit here in my bedroom and say I'm channeling Thor, but that doesn't mean I can you know, strike my enemies down with a thunderbolt or a lightning bolt, you know? You mean channeling UFOs? Yeah, like... To, like yeah, that, like... Pe- yeah, go ahead, Mark. Like, is well, that like... People who... It's kind of like when people, you know, uh, meditate and they receive a, insights from a, another consciousness ah. outside of their own, but then they identify it as an intergalactic being, a being from another planet. Uh, Andromedans, Pleiadians, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you know, you know, there, there, there's this whole idea or, or theory or whatever of like manifesting certain things. And like a lot of the, I know with a lot of the cryptid stuff, you know, there's this theory that like you could possibly manifest them if you're believing in them or thinking of them, right? Or you're open to them. Um, but as far as manifesting UFOs, I mean, there's that other whole side of 
believing that they're interdimensional. Do you know what I mean? Which if they're not, mm. even, if they're not even of this realm, then obviously I feel like you would have to interact or engage with them through some means of meditation or astral projection. And I mean, you know, I feel like it could be possible. We don't really know too much about, you know, other dimensions and, and how far or what your your possibility of what you can do through meditation. And we don't even really mm. know. We don't even really know what's capable just with consciousness. I mean, I feel like that whole idea of consciousness is like just sort of being discovered. I know there's uh, said to be, you know, documents from the CIA that are leaked about, uh, you know, astral projection, uh, other dimensions and the capabilities of consciousness. But, you know, if that side of um, interdimensional beings is, you know, true or a reality, then, well, why couldn't you, I guess? Um, and why couldn't you, you know, practice that use of your consciousness to project into another dimension and speak with somebody else? I mean, consciousness you can speak to other people subconsciously and unknown through just, you know, that peer, that peer to peer interaction. Do you know what I mean? By picking mm. up on their frequencies, like you can tell someone's sad, happy, whatever. I know a lot of that is body language and stuff that you're also picking up, but you, you, you can tell the feeling like if you're, I guess well, what they call as an empath, right. Or you're intuitive. Like if someone's kind of like, little off sometimes people can pick up on that so like who's to say if you didn't practice that skill through a meditative more conscious elevated level like you couldn't reach out into another dimension and and speak to something mm. right right and you're, you you're exactly right with the sort of description of practicing you know this sort of thing doesn't just happen to someone out of the blue right this is something that happens to somebody who has a, a stress-free life in the sense that the average stresses of what we would consider a normal human life in America are sort of outside. And I, I have kind of a perspective on this because ever since I quit my old job and started trying to do podcasting full-time, I've noticed these like really interesting psychic sort of things. And I'm not saying I have any abilities, but I'll give you an example. Ron and I, we talk on the phone pretty often and, you know, five out of 10 times, which isn't the best statistic, but maybe sometimes six out of 10 times, five out of 10, six out of 10 times. I almost either am about to text Ron and his text comes through to me, or I'm about to call Ron and then he's ringing my phone. Yes. And it's even, it's even happened, I think, in reverse where, you know, I called Ron and he was like, oh, I was just about to call you. So the, like this kind of thing, maybe if I was outside, you know, delivering packages all day like I used to, just thinking about a million different things, I wouldn't have the awareness and the clarity um, from just being, a, you know, leading a somewhat simpler uh, existence. You know, I, I think, we have these stories of people in the past who, you know, they live kind of different lives and then they have these prophetic visions. How is that any different from, you know, somebody claiming that they had a vision of aliens? You know, it's just right. sort of a, a new language of this stuff. 
Yeah, no, I, I get what you're talking about. I've had similar experiences where like, you know, I've been thinking about, I'll give you an example. Just one. Uh, I was unemployed uh, for a while and I was thinking about, you know, ways I could make extra money. I know a friend that was, uh, he's a carpenter, so he has all these different jobs, odd jobs, whatever. He always needs extra hands. You know, I started thinking about, well, maybe I'll reach out to him. Maybe I'll reach out to him, see if he has any extra work, blah, 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 blah. And once it was three days after I started thinking this, like pretty much every day, uh, pretty consistently, uh, he eventually just texted me out of the blue. I didn't tell anyone, you know, I was thinking about reaching out to him. I didn't actually reach out to him. He texted me out of the blue and was just like, hey, are, are you looking for work? Are you interested in making some extra money? So oh. I get, I kind of get what you're talking about. Yeah. It's strange. It's really strange. <laughs> but I mean, that just goes kind of more into like that whole, I mean, that consciousness level how like everybody kind of is connected through consciousness or like energy because fundamentally as much as i believe or know everything is energy in a way so if you mm. put, if you and, if you put a certain kind of energy out right it's probably gonna eventually come back to you in some fashion well and that kind of brings to mind what you're saying before about inner dimensions it's like how much of our intention when we're going out and looking for these experiences plays into what we actually find, you know? I mean, I can imagine people who go out with cameras and stuff to, to try to film a Bigfoot probably have less luck than somebody who maybe had the intention of feeding the Bigfoot an apple, <laughs> you know? Right, right. And I think the same is true with... Uh, with UFOs, I mean, I've had folks on my podcast where you know, they go out in these sea SETI desert sort of meetup retreats and they all and, sit around in a circle and kumbaya. And, and you're and talking next about, you know, they have, yeah, and I'm sorry, Mark, to interrupt you, but you're talking about Dr. Stephen Greer's uh, contact things that he does. Yeah. Yeah. Where they manifest, it's basically manifesting and calling them in using, uh, combined consciousness of everybody that's there. I mean, who's to say that that doesn't work? Just like the people that say that they're channeling an alien. I mean, yeah, it's kind of far-fetched and kind of kind of crazy when you think about it, but but who's to say? But who's to say it isn't happening? It's hard is, is it, I mean, I mean there's a lot of charlatans out there in every branch, but well, it's hard when you get down to things like this like personal experience, do you know what I mean? Because it's like someone could experience something and then you're like it's like, well, you didn't experience it, but they clearly are saying they experienced it. Well, do you believe them? Do you know what I mean? But like I could experience something and then relay that information to Ron and he's just like, doesn't believe mm. it at all, but he didn't experience it. And I was the one that experienced it. So it's like, it's weird with those, uh, you know, types of cases, I guess, or uh, encounters. You know, I, I think it's, if you have a, uh, like maybe a connection with somebody too, and you can manifest them if they're going to come around I, I, or if you're going to meet up with them or if they're going to call you or something like that. Right. Is that the same vibe that they're using to call aliens in? I mean, <laughs> I, mean is, I mean, I mean, is that something you really want to do? Because no. you, you might not call it a friendly alien. Hey, I'll tell you what, my mom and her uncle, uh, my uncle Jimmy, my mom would always, always say 
Hmm. Uncle Jimmy's going to show up today. She would just say that. Uncle Jimmy's going to be here and his his wife, our Aunt Eileen. Oh, yeah, they're going to show up today. And I'll tell you what, he would show up. <gasps> and he was never one of those guys that called, oh, hey, I'm going to come over. No, no, he didn't act. He didn't do that. He, he just showed up. The old stop by. Yeah. The old what's up. I kind of hate that, honestly. Oh, no, no. That when was people told- just stop by, I'm kind of like. You kind of texted me. Oh, he was like my idol when I was—he was my idol when I was a kid. So All I was right. happy to see him cool at any guy. time. He wasn't a creeper. You know what? He was really <laughs> cool. He was—he uh, uh, was a uh, a small engine guy. You know, like he did that was his side hustle. Oh yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, he always made sure my mini bike was running good. Is that your penis? No, my mini bike. My motor's oh. bike. <laughs> no, my little Honda CT seventy that I well, wish I still had right say, now. When you say mini in any sentence, I just automatically assume you're talking about your penis. No, no, you mean <laughs> you mean micro. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Mark, do you have any any sort of like closing thoughts or anything you wanna you wanna ask us about or anything you wanna say? Oh man, closing thoughts. Closing I feel like words. I just got here. It doesn't have to be closing. I mean, I was no, just. I, I know we're not. We don't have to go anywhere yet. We don't really have to go. This, anywhere. Was, this was a test. I wanted Mark to call into I the know, show. I, so. I know you're a busy guy. You got a lot of podcasts. You got a lot of shows. You know, right? Maybe you. Well, I go put somewhere. time. I put time aside for for YouTube because I'm a fan of the Wicked Planet podcast. I know maybe my show when I have guests on, I don't expect them to listen to my podcast. But just so you know. I listen to the Wicked Planet podcast and uh, no, it's just cool to be here. I I don't have a set amount of time, but I know you guys uh, aren't like me. You're not in your homes right now. So if you, whenever you want to wrap up, I'm here. I'll stick around. No, no, we're you. good. We got, but, a few, we got a few more minutes. Yeah. I mean, obviously cool. like, yeah, obviously. Well, can I tell you guys about again. what I've been researching? Fuck yeah. yeah. Do yeah. it. Do it. So I'll give you a little, I'll give you a little teaser and then, yeah, we'll do something in, you know, a month or a few weeks or even shorter time, whatever suits your, your time frame. But you know me, I'm down here in New Haven. I told you that before. California, uh, Buckley, right? not California. California. Yeah. New Haven. Oh, not, not California. <laughs> New Haven, California. <laughs> Wait, so you're a New Englander? I'm a New Englander. I know okay. I don't have such a pronounced accent. But well, I am a New seem, Englander. You know, Mark, you don't seem uh, bitter enough to be a New Englander. <laughs> you don't seem to have that, like, uh, undertone of hatred uh, to be a New Englander. Oh, man. <laughs> well, you haven't seen me. You haven't driven in a car with me yet in traffic. So <laughs> that's that's a lot of my bitter hatred is for that. But, no, I, yeah, I'm pretty mellow compared to, compared to you two, I guess. But where... <laughs> Where I where I really you know have a sore spot or maybe just a chip on my shoulder is New Haven, Connecticut, because you know, I went to community college. I decided to drop out because it wasn't the right fit for me. But I found a lot of inspiration just walking around New Haven, and it wasn't exactly the safest thing to do, considering New Haven was probably like top five for gun crime uh, at, in that year when I was going to college, but I would like to explore. And I used to walk around Yale's campus, which was pretty, you know, devoid of any of those dangers, but full of homeless riffraff and whatnot. So I was always on my toes, like just kind of absorbing in the scene. And 
And I realized like, wow, there is a huge gap here. Like we have some of the brightest, most intelligent students from some of the wealthiest families and some of the biggest dumbasses from some of the wealthiest families that come to this school and go off and do amazing things. I mean, 10% of all U.S. senators are Yale graduates. So, you know, I was really just kind of in awe of this place and the legend. And I started to feel a chip on my shoulder, like, damn, like, I'm not, how come I can't get a scholarship here? Like, how come I can't, like, I live here. I was born here. Why, why are there people from, you know, every other country in this school, but they're not giving scholarships out to, you know, the suburb two towns over. Like, so I I had a, a sense of like jadedness about Yale and that just got me more and more curious. Like, what are they really up to? What are they, what's really going on behind those big tall towers? So I started to learn about skull and bones. I started to dive deep. That's a that's a subject that I know that you are into big time. Yeah, and they're heavily tied to like Ivy League schools for sure. Well, that is an Ivy League school. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's why I said it wrong. Oh, I thought you were going to say the cabal. Well, no, yeah. well, Buckley Buckley has a point because Yale Yale was sort of like the the bastard of Harvard, right? Harvard was the first to like sort of um, college with that status in this part of the colonies. They had, a, I think the William and Mary school was in Virginia and then there was Harvard and Harvard created Yale with a donation of like 40 books and uh, a couple teachers in the early 1600s, back when New Haven, Connecticut was its own separate colony, separate from the Massachusetts colony. So, you know, there's sort of a a weird kind of mystery about that whole saga, who the actual founders of Yale are is sort of a legend. It's not really, uh, the history isn't clear, but we do know that there's sort of a, like a side branch from Harvard. But then from there, from Yale, every other Ivy League school has has a root in Yale or Harvard. So, yes, you have a really interesting point you made there, Buckley. I don't know if you intended on making that point quite that way. But, yeah, it seems like the graduates specifically of Skull and Bones went out and became very prominent founding members of a series, not just one not just two, but a series of universities that are now big name schools, you know, because we're talking 1800s. So the West didn't even have all the states settled yet, right? We still had territories and, you know, Alaska wasn't a state. Uh, California, Washington, Oregon were not states when uh, Skull and Bones was founded. So, you know, the, the, the country we know today really was not even set in stone yet. And Skull and Bones plays such a huge role in the founding of the college system. And from there, every sector of what we think of as American culture, from energy to uh, textiles to manufacturing of everything from weapons to food to uh, vehicles and so on, Skull and Bones has a man in a position of power 
in almost every major industry in the United States. So, and to this day too, their influence has not waned. It's not as powerful as it was, you know, when Prescott Bush was in his heyday and when, you know, his son Bush, H.W. Bush was president, that was certainly the height of power. But yeah. Skull and Bones is, is a very, very interesting, interesting saga of uh, American history. Right. And yeah, I mean, I've been kind of doing my best to like start from square one, understand New England, understand how, like what the environment was like before Skull and Bones came to be, and then what their story is in the shaping of America. And yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's going to be a pretty big project. But, you know, once I have everything researched and whatnot, I'd love to come back and give you guys like a full uh, yeah, for sure. synopsis. Uh, the one thing I just wanted to say is that, like you talked about this whole, uh, you know, infiltration of industry and, you know, mm. I guess to put it in more contemporary terms within a hundred years, cause you're, you're kind of talking about, you went sort of from like the 1600s on and on. Um, I mean, just look at the Rockefellers. I mean, this is like beating a dead horse, but you know, John D Rockefeller, uh, with standard oil and then monopolizing the oil industry and then, you know, moving on to like transportation and influencing right. transportation, the medical industry, um, and then, you know, moving into uh, colleges. The I, Did I say medical field? Maybe I did already, as well as the education systems uh, at a, you know, a state level where they moved from the critical, you know, critical thinking agenda to standardized testing, you know, allo- mm. allopathic medicines to, or holy, holistic, sorry, holistic styles of medicine to the allopathic or, or, or styles of methods. Or homeopathic, I think you meant. Yeah. So yeah. like, that's like, a, I, I, I think is a more contemporary style of, or more contemporary information that people could look into and don't have to dive back into the 1600s. But, um, I'm interested to know, did you come across any Rockefeller lineage back to that date and time of like Harvard and Yale being created? Absolutely. So I should clarify, um, Skull and Bones was founded in 1832. So my research starts, yeah, my research starts with the founding of the New Haven colony because it's really relevant to the minds that were shaped at Yale. Uh, You got to keep in mind that when, you know, these folks were leaving Europe to come to the colonies, they held with them some pretty extreme religious ideas, right? And there was a bunch of different groups. It wasn't just one group, Uh, but we can sort of see the, what we call wasps, right? White Anglo-Saxon Protestants sort of get their foothold in the colonies as a cultural influence. And then, and I will get to the Rockefeller point. I just want to address the larger question. Um, Then we see this sort of second wave of European immigrants who are very Catholic, right? We have Italians, Irish. This is now, this is post skull and bones. So, you know, before skull and bones was created, we have all these different wasps and maybe smaller groups in between. And 
they create this college system, this sort of elitism of like the, the most wealthy families, you know, have a prestige that's respected. And, and then all these Catholics come to the country and they use these fraternity groups that they had established already to essentially mix out the Irish and Italian people because they're Catholic, right? Protestants and Catholics do not get along. That's why the Protestants left Europe in the first place. So we see this sort of very Protestant sort of, and what's interesting about the Protestant thing is it is almost um, connected in a very esoteric way to the, um, to the Talmud and the, um, I'm sorry, the Kabbalah, right? So right. Mark, the Kabbalah. Can I, just, can I cut you off real quick? Yeah. And just, <laughs> Am I getting too far into the weeds? I'm sorry. No, you're, you're good. I just wanted to ask if you could kind of, before you continue, just briefly explain what you mean by esoteric. Mm, so just briefly and then continue. Yeah. Yeah. Esoteric as opposed to exoteric exoteric meaning something that the public has knowledge of esoteric meaning something that only a select chosen few have knowledge of. All right. Perfect. Thank you. So we have these sort of cultural wars going on in this time. You know, we have religious wars. They're not the same types of wars that we saw in the inquisition, but they're ideological. They're people swaying the hearts and minds of each other. So, you know, Protestantism had a pretty big influence on America and Skull and Bones was sort of like a power broker for this culture's influence. Now, the Rockefellers are certainly a part of that elite group whether or not their sons and daughters were a part of Skull and Bones explicitly, I'm looking that up in my notes right now, but I don't know that off the top of my head. I wouldn't be surprised. And I almost certainly can assume that they worked in conjunction with one another to some degree. Uh, but I do think that the Rockefellers, they had a lot of infamy in the early 1900s which gave them that kind of infamous reputation. And I think that's really served the more powerful families to sort of disguise them. And, you know, I, I, everybody knows the Rockefellers. And I'm not trying to belittle your assertion because I think you're onto something, Buckley. But that's, yeah, that's moving a little more forward into the future than I've gotten to yet. Like yeah. I said, at this stage in the research, I'm really focusing on the Native Americans, the colonial uh, Europeans, and what New Haven's culture was like leading up to 1832 when Skull and Bones was founded. And the yeah. reason why the Native Americans are connected to this is because the only reason I'm even talking to you guys about this is because when I was just exploring New Haven and doing all that stuff, I ran into a guy named Amos who moved to New Haven from Arizona. And at the time, he was just some homeless dude that would go and stand in front of the Skull and Bones tomb every day at noon and scream Geronimo's name at the top of his lungs, right? <laughs> Jeez. I didn't. <laughs> What's that? I just said, geez. 
Yeah. So every day at noon, he would do this. And one day I had the uh, pleasure of being invited to go along with him. And keep in mind, he's a very sane person. So don't let the this like mischaracterize him. He was very reserved and not the type of person to cause a scene. But what he was doing was praying for his ancestor, you know, this person who Geronimo, for those who don't know, his skull was robbed from his grave and brought to the tomb at Yale University where the Skull and Bones fraternity has its headquarters. And in their headquarters, uh, in the black velvet walled rooms, they have lined uh, in a cabinet or maybe it's a, you know, the whole wall at this point. I don't know how vast their collection is at this point, but they have a lot of skulls. And they collect these skulls and they collect a lot of stuff. They're, they're known for crooking is the game that was kind of a, it doesn't happen as much anymore, but for a while before cell phones, Skull and Bones was pretty influenced for, or in, infamous for stealing people's license plates because, you know, grave robbings kind of got, went out of fashion uh, post sixties. Like, <laughs> like after cars. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, they would steal because in Connecticut we have to have two license plates, so it's not really the biggest deal if somebody jacks one of your license plates, I guess. But it's kind of an inconvenience. Um, but yeah, so they they do this thing called crooking, and it's kind of a fraternity thing. But it goes back to this older practice that's, in my opinion, associated with grave robbing because we know. As New Englanders, Yale University's got a pretty big reputation as being a hospital. I mean, if you go anywhere in Connecticut, you might, if you're unlucky, end up at a Yale hospital, right? Because they have, they own all, most of the hospitals in at least the big city ones. So they're medical college as well. And, and these Skull and Bones guys were robbing the grave of Geronimo. My thought, my supposition is maybe the medical college needed cadavers. They have this fraternity of guys who are already keeping secret oaths. One of the things that they do for the school in service of their, you know, great Yale is go and rob the graves of, you know, whoever to satisfy the medical university's need for cadavers. Right. So that's one maybe explanation for it. But if that's all it is, why go out of your way? Why go all the way to Oklahoma and, and rob the grave of one of the most notorious, you know, Native American warriors in, you know, the history of the Indian Wars, right? Geronimo is, is legendary. He's so legendary that the airborne parachuters would yell Geronimo's name for courage when they jumped out of the, out of the plane. And now kids say Geronimo when they jump into a pool of water, right? So, yeah, that, Mark, that was like a common thing. Yeah. Like when we were kids, we used to go, my friend had a barn with a, uh, like a third story loft or like second story loft. And in the winter time, we would, his, his father would always say, what are you guys doing with all the shovels? Oh, we're making a big snow pile. What are you going to do with that? We're going to jump out of the barn. Oh, okay. Be careful. <laughs> and we would say, which is funny because back then parents just didn't really give a shit what we did. And uh, we would always say Geronimo because my dad told me to do that. Because yeah. my my dad was an airborne guy, he was a paratrooper in the army for years. And hey, that's uh, what I do, like yeah. a cannibal, you know. Yeah, same thing. 
Yeah. Same thing. Hey, you know, Mark, wow. New, Ham- New Hampshire is similar in that sense because Dartmouth here is our, our, oh, yeah. our, right. our, our Ivy League school. And Dartmouth was funded by somebody from Skull and Bones. Right. And Dartmouth was also, what did they call it? A land grant school? Like if you're well, an American, if you're, if you're an American, uh, what do you call it? Native American or whatever mm-hmm. is a really big break for you to go to Dartmouth. Yeah. Well, you so, can actually go to Dartmouth like for, for free. For free. Yeah. If you can prove you're so much Native American. Yeah. Which maybe I should, well, yeah, they always get they, on. <laughs> I should they get owe it that. to. They owe it to the Native Americans who once inhabited all of New England because, yeah, I mean, they were they were softly genocided out of here. Uh, you know, the historians will tell you it was an unfortunate accident that the colonists thought was a sign from God that the Indians were heathens and God was killing them. And, and then other scientists will say, oh, well, they just weren't equipped to uh, deal with European diseases. Me, I'm a little suspicious of both of those. I think there was some biological warfare at play. Oh, yeah. uh, the Spanish, the Spanish were known for bringing uh, swine to America to the Americas, and you got to keep in mind those are not indigenous creatures, and they carry with them a lot of a lot of you know not good <laughs> things. Right? Pigs. Right. They're like goats. They eat all the junk and. And that's why there's all these religious stigmas against eating pork, right? So I think there was something to do with that. That's why you see along the coasts of different um, East Coast states, you'll see an island called Hog Island. It's just a name for a small island typically. And what that was is when the Spanish came, they would leave a bunch of hogs on an island, a small island that they thought the pigs couldn't swim to mainland from. So that way they had a supply of food if they ever came back to that area. So this, in my opinion, could have been an explanation for this biological warfare. But uh, to bring back, bring it back to the land grant grant thing, Skull and Bones, uh, they went and as a, a trust, a Russell Trust, they bought basically half of what Yale University was at that point in time and incorporated into the Sheffield Sciences School. And the Sheffield Sciences School is pretty impactful in American history because not only did they develop what then became shale um, fracking, right? Where the practice of fracking was mm-hmm. essentially, um, it wasn't discovered yet, but without their help, maybe it would have taken much longer, right? That's the theory. So. They innovated some pretty nasty oil drilling techniques. And then they also innovated this practice where uh, through the legal system, they would use the university to buy all of the public land in the state. So if you go to anywhere in Connecticut, you'll notice there's a lot of public land. There's a lot of public parks. There's like open land spaces and land trusts and things like that. It's all owned by the university for research purposes. They even have islands in Long Island Sound that are completely owned by Yale. So, you know, these are these are things that obviously now a lot of colleges do. Like every state, you, you just mentioned Dartmouth and the land grant thing. That might not be the same concept. I might be confusing the words there and you might be talking about something else. But I think that's important to highlight, like, 
they are responsible for this federalization of land. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, that was uh, that's a lot of information, Mark. Yeah, you know the I'm thing trying, that's interesting too is that you're to like study you must be well, you must be like going hard on this shit. Oh yeah, no, Mark. Mark's into the skull and bones thing. Well, I cool. feel yeah. like I, I feel like we need to just do a whole show, or you just go, you get after it. Honestly, yeah, we got to do. I'm that. into it. Yeah, we got to do that. Uh, the other thing is too, like Dartmouth, like all the hospitals, not all the hospitals, but say sixty or seventy percent of the hospitals in the state of New Hampshire are all part of what they call Dartmouth Hitchcock. Yeah. Yeah, and that's from Mary Hitchcock, which I think had something to do, obviously must have had something to do with Dartmouth. I'd have to look into that. But, yeah, so that's that's the same idea as what, uh, you know, all the Yale the Yale schools are. Mm. Hey, Mark, real quick, mm. uh, because we got to wrap this up, but what is the significance yeah. of the number 322 with Skull and Bones? Or is that yeah. nothing we can do, like, real quick? Can you no, that's, I'll do my... <laughs> Yeah, there. Well, there's there's two co- common explanations for it, and Graham Dunlop actually, when I was on the Gramerica show uh, talking about this same subject, he had a really interesting explanation for it that I hadn't heard before. I I don't remember. People can go listen to that episode to hear what Graham said. But typically, people say one of two things. Some people say it was the year that Demosthenes a Greek demigod uh, or Greek mythical figure who plays a significant role in their cosmology, right? Their esoteric beliefs. This is the day of his death, 322 BCE, right? The year of his death. So, or birth, something to that extent. And this guy is like a patron saint of skull and bones. That's one, that's one theory, but I don't, I don't buy into that theory as much because it's so proliferated. The other theory that seems a little more well-researched is that Skull and Bones is the second chapter of a group uh, from Germany. And they were founded, like I said earlier, in 1832. So if we just sort of play around with the numbers, we have 32 and 2. So that's the other explanation that it's the second chapter of a organization. And, you know, the number is just sort of like a nod to their patriarchal lineage of this German foundation. And there's more evidence to support the German connection. There is a group of people that broke into the tomb in the late 1800s and recorded what they found. And uh, above the fireplace, there is a German phrase that reads um king wise man fool and beggar they all are the same in death but it says it in german right so it's you know ye her some of our you know whatever german (laughs) yeah spiegel (laughs) (laughs) right and and we we look at bush the bush family and their german connection their nazi connection so yeah, this this topic, especially Ron, I know Nazis are uh, definitely something you're more well versed in than Ron I, as a, far as the topic goes. Ron has so. a hard on for Hitler, just to say <laughs> a hard on for Hitler. 
It's also would be a good. It would also be a good name of a punk band. Yeah, we talked about that before. I know. I'm just reusing. Well, just reusing jokes. I guess. So, so Mark, I want to thank you for helping us out and call helping yeah. me out for the last couple of days. Yeah, yeah, much appreciated. Oh, and, uh, much and, appreciated. Uh, and, uh, and and you know, you want to talk about like a synchronicity, like we were talking about before, when you had texted me about, do you want me to call in a show? I was just thinking to myself. <laughs> I, I didn't say anything to Buckley, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to text Mark and have him call into the show. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, um, you know, Mark, uh, you know, I've, 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 I've said like hi to you maybe a couple of times when Ron's been talking to you on the phone. Obviously, I saw you when we did our the Flat Earth thing, but I didn't really get to talk to you. So this is actually the first time I've actually gotten to talk to you. So it's actually been, right. it's been really cool. Um, and it's just been a lot Thank of fun. You. So, yeah, I want to. Well, and I hear... I hear a lot about you from Ron, which uh, I'm sure you might not appreciate <laughs> him being the only source of info about you. But when I listen to Wicked Planet podcast, I tell Ron, Ron can verify this. I, I always appreciate your input. So it's been a pleasure to get to know you finally. Well, thanks. Yeah. And thanks for coming on. The shit you're talking about tonight was great. And hopefully later we can... At some point, we'll have you on for like a full show and you can go buck wild and all the shit you're researching and finding out and all that. It would be great. Yeah, that would be well, great. Mark I, and I have collaborated quite a few times and I like to do his extended outros. Maybe Buckley can do an extended outro sometime. That's the plan. Yeah, I, I've been telling you that, Ron. I'm like, listen, we got to get Buckley out into the world on his own. <laughs> he can make his debut on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. But we'll see. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll get something together. But hey, Mark, thanks for calling in, okay? No, thank you for having me. Thanks, Wicked Planet folks. Do you have a nickname for your listeners, the Wicked Planeters or something like that? No, nah. we could just call them the Wicked Ones. I don't like to put labels <laughs> on things, Mark. Okay, well, to all you. the Wicked Ones, <laughs> to wicked all the ones. Wicked now, Ones, have a good one. night. Yeah. Hey, Mark, thanks for calling. I'll talk to you. I'll probably talk to you tomorrow. Please do. I'll be looking forward to it. Buckley, have a good night. Ron, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. See you, man. All right, Mark. Bye-bye. All right. So that was Mark from the My Family Thinks Some Crazy podcast. Yeah. You know, Mark has uh, been a big help to me, like, from the get-go doing the podcast for sure. And uh, and I'm trying to remember how we even got, how we even met each other. But but anyways, uh, we've done a bunch of shows together, you know, uh, like uh, roundtables or whatever. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's been very instrumental, and in, uh, because he knows all about this same mixer, the tech set. He's a, he's my tech. He's my helped tech us guy. with tech a lot. Yeah. Okay, listen. I think we've bored you folks enough. We're at the two. Actually, we're two hours and twenty minutes. So uh, this was just like a trial run show. We had some things we wanted to talk about. I hope you enjoyed it. Maybe you got bored with our Ronald Reagan speech that I fucked up on. Three but, times the charm, But Ron, that's okay. Uh, I'm a quick learner, so once I learn this thing and start clipping it in and getting into the post-production part of it, we're going to be giving you, uh, I don't know, a better product, I hope. Yeah. I mean, not that I thought the product was bad to begin with, but the, I, yeah. I think it's just going to get we, better. We, we, we took our tech to the next level, which I think will take the show to the next level. Yeah. And hopefully, once we manage it a little better, it'll be a little more, uh, you know, finite. Yeah, it'll be cool. So so we ran a little long. We weren't even going to go two hours tonight. My last closing words are, this is it, and it's going to be so short. Hold on. Is this the one? Oh, yeah, do it. 
<laughs> Fuck you. Wait, no, do the other one. The red. Do the red one. Ready? Which red, one? This one? The top red one in a second. Ready? This I, one? Uh, hold on. I got raped by three men earlier today. <laughs> it's not funny. It was a serious issue. Oh, we got a I'm lot of buttons. We got a lot of buttons. We got, oh, shit. We got a lot uh, of buttons. All right, all right. We got to learn how to use. This is my closing words. Get the fuck after it. That's it. Whatever it is that you want to get after, whatever it is you're thinking about doing or you're passionate about, just get the fuck after it. Get yourself a side hustle going. Get out do there. Do it. Whatever it is you want to do, but you're like, oh, I can't. Oh, I don't know how to start a podcast. Listen, it doesn't even have to be podcasting. It could be like playing the fucking piccolo, whatever. Oh, the piccolo. Whatever you want to do, just get after it. Oh, hey, I didn't tell you that. Do My, it. I didn't tell you this real quick. That's it. I didn't tell you this real quick. Mikey G fixed my banjo all up. Oh, nice. Yeah. Sweet. So now we can really make people squeal like a pig. Yeah. I, I think he's afraid to stop by to visit now because I always send him send him to work with an instrument to work oh, on. Oh, boy. All right. But, okay. Let's get out of here. So anyways, you know where to find me on Instagram, Ron from New England and the Wicked Planet Podcast. Obviously, you know where to listen to the Wicked Planet Podcast. Email us at the Wicked Planet Podcast at gmail.com. Join the Telegram page. Get out there. Interact. Uh, share this stuff with your friends. You know, maybe not this show, but uh, but definitely get out there and share that WHO thing, and we're going to have some uh, other really cool stuff uh, coming lined up for you real soon. So, uh, anyways, let us know how this sounded. We, we're kind of interested to see how this sounds with the new equipment. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing with it yet, but that's why this is, was a trial and error. This trial was the trial and error podcast. Hey, thanks everybody uh, for listening. As always, thank you for your support, and we're going to talk to you. We're going to we're going to talk to you real soon. We're going to be back real soon. This is the is this the wrap it up one? No, what's this one? No, no that's not it. That's what's this the one? one when we talk about consciousness. Okay, what's this one? No, what's this one? No. That's every time you're about to have sex. That's, 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 that's what, your dick. My wife needs that. <laughs> <laughs> my wife needs that button. No, that's your dick just going flaccid. All right, listen, everybody. <laughs> we're going to get out of here. Thanks, yeah, for li- fuck. <laughs> thanks for listening. We're going to talk to you real soon. Uh, Ron, Ron from New England, signing off. Buckley, out.